Welcome back ladies and gentlemen, this is Grindstone Adventures and this is episode 25 this week. We have one of the biggest guests we've had on the show, probably right up there with the Breaking Point TV guys. Uh, you know, he, he's on one of the best, most successful podcasts in the country with outdoors, whitetail hunting stuff. So it's pretty cool to have him on here. Um, if you don't know him by the name, you should know him by his mustache. He's with the uh, WCB guys. So what's going on, Doug? Hey, how's it going? Putting out there a breaking point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, man. You guys are the biggest guests I've had on the show. <laughs> hey, I'm happy to help anywhere I can, you know? Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, man. I've been trying to reach out to Clint, uh, Clint since he's from my hometown and stuff, but, you know, he's so busy, it's hard to hard to get in contact with him. Yeah, he's one of the busier guys yeah. you'll ever meet. But, I mean, it's, when I do get... Uh, him to message me back it's pretty cool he, he's very supportive and he's willing to help he's just you know he's probably out west chasing mule deer right now he's actually in utah right now as we speak is he out there elk hunting or mule deer uh mule deer hunting i believe i look forward to seeing those pictures <laughs> right <laughs> it's always a good when you get an image from him and you know it's always been something good oh yeah oh yeah i've actually learned a lot from his podcast also yeah He's got a good, uh, it's been going pretty well, actually, so I'm yeah. happy for him. Me too. So he, the way he described it is uh, Kurt was like kind of sticking at him, sticking a thumb on his side for a couple weeks, like, hey, man, you need to do this. You'll be good at it. What was it, like, did he say anything about how he was trying to get him to do it for you guys, or was it just kind of like behind uh, the know, scenes? Kinda, for Clint, you kind of got to steer him in the right direction to, you know, actually start doing something. That isn't and doesn't involve strictly hunting out west for yeah. whitetails. Yeah. But you know, once you get him talking, it's hard to stop him. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And so <laughs> I remember talking to him at the bar in Columbus, and like we were we were sitting there for like probably an hour and a half to BS, and and I forget who it was. Oh, it was the the one guy from Whitetail Adrenaline that got kicked out. That <laughs> kind of was what ended the conversation. <laughs> oh, good old Jared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've told that story a few times to people. I'm like, yeah, I was at a bar and I watched a guy from Whitetail Drowning get kicked out of the bar. And they're like, no, you didn't. I was like, I swear <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, we like to have fun at trade shows. So. Oh, yeah. If you're having fun at trade shows, you're doing it wrong. Right. I say, I don't even know what he did wrong. I mean, so he I had, actually don't think he did anything wrong, but. He had his shirt on button. What's the problem with that? That the uh, I think the bouncer actually or someone at the bar ripped his button, so it wasn't his fault. Yeah, and I say it's Ohio, like we care in, over here. We're lucky to have people with shirts on. <laughs> Just be happy people are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, are you guys coming back to Columbus this year? I believe so. Heck yeah! I'll make sure I, think... I get down there so I can drink some more beer with you guys. Wow. Yeah, it's. it's... We gotta do that. Um, I think we're knocking off a few trade shows because we did way too many this year. Yeah, I was gonna say when I seen uh, uh, Kurt, he looked like a walking zombie. Yeah, I forgot what number that was for us, but uh, we were pretty deep in the trade show season. Yeah, and say what was that? March or February? Uh, I think it was March. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't even drinking yet at that point. I had taken a couple months break, so next time I'll make sure make sure I'm drinking <laughs> with the boys. Yeah, become seasoned. Oh yeah, well I never yeah, really we were, lost my touch. It just took, <laughs> took a break. We were pretty seasoned by that point, so. Oh yeah, 
Make sure Airbnb with a white tail adrenaline. You got to come prepared. Oh, jeez. I couldn't imagine. Like, if you guys had, like, a receipt for all the beer you guys bought through the trade shows, the uh, price of it, that. that would, uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty expensive. <laughs> yeah. It gets expensive, but, uh, you just buy a 30 at a time and just don't look at the receipts. Right, right. Throw them suckers in the trash as you walk out the gas station. <laughs> right. Alright, so I suppose we ought to get this thing over towards, you know, hunting or something. But, uh, so how long you been with WCB? I think I tried to count it up earlier. You've been there, what, eight years with them? So, um, they started in 2015. I was actually in college still. And, uh, I graduated in 2016, and I've known Eric since way back in the day. And, uh, he started hunting with my brother, actually. So when I got back, uh, me and him started hunting together. You know, he's always kind of mentioned he does this little podcast at the time. So um, he invited me over a few times, and uh, I just hit it off with Kurt and Steve at the time. Yeah. Drink a few cold ones, and uh, basically from there on, it was, we were together. Well, heck yeah. I, th- I think my buddy said in Columbus that you were the new Steve. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say that, but uh, I don't really think I took his position. I just made my own you know right and say i can't say you you took his job or anything like that or nothing because i haven't listened to all the early episodes yet so like i've only got a small taste of steve yeah i'm pretty dumb as well so well this podcast should go well then kind of provided that uh dumb comedy of the part why everyone's serious no we're not all no one's serious really but we have a good time i think you do a great job at it because i I laugh at your guys' podcast more than I laugh at any other podcast. And it's because, I like, like, I relate you. to what you guys say. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think everyone can relate a little bit. There's always something in there. Right. Yeah. So you've been there since, two. what, you say 2016, 17-ish? Yeah, 16 is when I kind of came on, and then I had a really good season, I think, in 17. Okay. It's all, all good from there. I, make, I could make it feel old real quick with that. I graduated oh, high school in 15. In 2015? Yep. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated college in 2019. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We're slowly becoming old, the old boys already. Yeah. Well, I mean, your mustache kind of makes you look a little older anyways. Yeah, if I knock that bad boy off, I'll be 21 again. <laughs> yeah, and you probably fall backwards from the weight not being there. <laughs> probably break my neck probably so how come you wouldn't take the when uh you guys was it you and eric that made the bet oh yeah how, eric and his, his goddamn making bets yeah how come you wouldn't throw the mustache on the line not that i don't believe in myself but in the odd chance you know the mustache is kind of braided on me by right now so yeah I think I'm going to go the rest of my life with a mustache, to be honest with you. <laughs> All you'd have to do is make sure you shoot the first doe, and then you're you're set. You get in there and get on him. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he is a kid, so he's already got... I think this year he'll be more hunting more, but last year he actually had his kid in October, so... Oh, wow. If we would have made that bet last year, I'd be a lot more confident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am still confident, though, that I will beat him. So you guys got a monster you're both after, or? Uh, so I got a, he actually 
has one that if he did kill, I, I might be in trouble with. But uh, I got some around my family farm that can't really compete with that one, but you never know. Right, you never know what's going to walk out in the woods in the middle of November. Yeah, I mean him on a, a pretty good public spot too, so. Okay. I'm going to be doing a lot of public land hunting this year for the first time. Well, first time in like six years. Yeah, public land is a, it's a learning curve, but yeah, it can happen. It, it's uh, going to be a major learning curve because it's not public land I've ever been on or been familiar with. Because I have a solid property in Ohio, but I bought tag up in Michigan and PA, so and I don't know anybody up in either state, so I got a public land hunt. And go for the trifecta, huh? I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, I've never went out of state to hunt whitetail before. This year is my first year hunting turkey, and I ended up hunting Ohio and Michigan. Got a bird in Michigan, but not Ohio. Yeah, turkeys are, uh, I don't know what's going on the past few years, but they've been uh, pretty tough. Ohio was real tough, but Michigan, it was like, I didn't even have to do much. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I did some work to get on them and stuff, but like I hardly called or did anything like that. I just kind of like, once I found the property that I was seeing all kinds of turkey on, I just patterned them and watched where they went and roost. And then I came in real early the, next, the last morning of the season up there and, and smoked the Jake at like 35 yards. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I don't care if they got a big beard or not. I'm just, after eating him, that's all I want is turkey, the breast fried up. Yeah, we do uh, we do turkey palooza every year in Illinois, and um, that's where I actually got my town this year. But we fry up some turkey nuggets and uh, drink a lot of cold ones. It's a good time. Heck, uh, hell, I'd I'd be open to hunting Illinois. Problem is, I don't think I get I don't think I can afford a hunting license as a non-resident. Yeah, they're pretty pricey. Um, I think it's maybe even more in Iowa to be honest with you. I think you're right. I think you're right, and that's also further for me to drive. Yeah, I was, uh, Clint's been down a lot, and I, uh, I feel bad for him for the drive, but yeah, glad he's here sometimes. It looked like fuel prices were starting to get better, and then now I realize Labor Day's on Monday, so they're going back up. <laughs> right. <laughs> just when they think, uh, you think everything's going to be all right, they, they lie to you. Yep, yep. Just like, man, I was just getting ready to feel a nice little cushion in my wallet getting paid right before Labor Day. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, these gas prices need to it'd be nice if they went back to normal. But yeah, it is what it is, though. You know, you got. I'm still gonna go travel hunt. I'm sure you're still gonna travel and do all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I didn't really stop and I don't think it's really stopping anyone. It just sucks to pay it. Right, and you just gotta drink a few more beers. Forget about the gas price and the beer price. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, um, is the you guys do a 3D shoot over there near the studio, right? Yeah, we do it in um, uh, Galesburg, Illinois. We do a shoot every year, and uh, just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's pretty crazy from where we started, actually. We had the idea. I'm gonna try and get over there next year. My buddy and me had the week off that that specific time off this year. I didn't have the cash to get there. Actually, no, I wasn't off. I was heading to New York for work. My buddy was off and getting ready to head to. Uh, uh, the Grand Canyon or something like that out west, Yellowstone or something, for vacation. And I was like, dude, we gotta go this next year. And he's like, we can't afford to go. That's a lot of gas just to go shoot some bows. And I was like, it ain't about just shooting the bows. It's about shooting the bows 
uh, losing a bunch of arrows and drinking a bunch of beer and having fun. Yeah. Well, we got a bunch of prizes, so I mean, no, I ain't gonna could, win none could, of those. Could win big. <laughs> I I just started shooting 3D turn or uh, courses. I think in like July, and the highest score I've shot out of 330 is a 196. So I don't think I'm winning nothing, but I'll I'll gladly go lose <laughs> some arrows. Hey, you never know, right? Yeah, and say if I can swing it this Sunday, I'm gonna be at a 3D shoot. But I don't know if I can swing it. My niece's birthday party is Sunday after church, so. Yeah, I actually remember uh, back in way back in the day when we first did the shoot. It was in our good buddy at Gene Miller's backyard, and uh, with probably less than 20 people. And then now it's at a 3D archery place, and uh, I think we had over 200 this time. Oh wow! What's the entrance fee to it? Um, I think it was like 20 bucks. You could shoot the whole course and then you got it. So we never really gave prizes away for the highest score. We just gave a bunch of prizes away for just like random drawings. <laughs> well, I like the sound of that. Yeah. We just, you just here to have fun. It's not like a, it's not a real competition or anything. No. Uh, the good news is I, I don't know if my buddy will be able to go, but I'll be, I'll be over there and I'll, I'll bring you guys some beer or something. Cause I'll be, uh, I should be able to get there because I should be finishing up student teaching so I'll, I should have a couple weeks in between a job yeah no it's a blast uh, the real, the only real competition between you and Doris are uh, steel dough <laughs> she's a real bitch I'll bring some old arrows <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been having all kinds of trouble with stuff like that they, I may not be shooting at steel targets but uh, I just upgraded from carbon express to gold tip and not just regular gold tip hunters. I bought the gold tip Valkyries. And oh, nice, yeah. Man, I've already lost or broke like six of them. Yeah, it's never good when you uh, buy some new arrows and you're shooting and then either you hit another arrow and break it or lose one. I went to a 3D course the day after I bought the first six. Oh, boy. And the place in Fairfield, Ohio, near Cincinnati was closed, so I drove an hour into Indiana when I was working over on the border. And shot an indoor 3D course, and they were. I was shooting 350s when I sighted my bow ends, and I bought the 340 Valkyries. And then uh, I had the arrow length finally cut down to the right length because I didn't know that was a real thing. And <laughs> I was 20 shots in shooting in the regular range, and my shoulder tried to disconnect or, or dislocate. Cause oh, shit. I had shoulder surgery in 2017 on the same shoulder, so I was like. Every time I pull my bow back, I'm like hoping nothing bad happens. But at that particular day, it tried to dislocate. And instead of, you know, wrapping it up for the day, I was like, ah, to hell with it. I'll shoot another 40 arrows. So I, I mushroomed two arrows over top the tip because I missed and it hit drywall. And then the one I just completely missed and it broke it in half. And then since then, I broke another one in half. My brother lost one because he hasn't shot a bow in six years. And when he did shoot compound, he shot left-handed. And oh boy. He decided he was gonna shoot one of my ten dollar arrows. So I've had a rough time with the gold tips. <laughs> <laughs> but man, they fly nice. Yeah, it's a, it is a science getting your bow dialed in, but once yeah. you get it. I am working right now. I'm sure you guys are probably starting to work through these or have worked through it this off season since you guys are starting out uh, starting to use blinds more. Um, sitting down and shooting. That's something I'm just now starting to work up because i got a blind set and i seen deer buy it 20 yards yesterday so that's a whole nother 
animal in itself. Yeah, it is kind of weird how standing and sitting you think it'd be the same, but uh, it can definitely be different. Right, like I've even thought about like sitting in the blind sideways, so I have to like turn my back all the way to just see no what I would see normally, just so when I pull the bow back, I'm still sideways. But yeah, already set up for it. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what I'm gonna do because I'm taking my girlfriend hunting this year with me and out of the blind, and I want her to be able to get a deer and she has not yet shot sitting down so i don't know how that's going to go she might be going to get more arrows here soon too but <laughs> just racking up the bill she she actually outshot me at the last uh 3d shot or target range i went to like we only shot 20 targets because we got rained out i shot like a i don't even know it was bad i shot like 50 percent. she shot like 74 percent. it was the first time she picked the bow up in four years five years <laughs> that's interesting we were actually just talking about that uh they always say girls can shoot better than guys, so... Yeah, it's true. I don't know how, but it's true. Probably. Yeah, I mean, we've made some adjustments to her bow. She's She was uh, with me when I bought my gold tips in Columbus, and I none of us that helped her sight her bow in or anything knew exactly what her poundage was. In Ohio, there's a minimum of 45. I was like, I don't, really? know, I don't know what your poundage is, but... Uh, I kind of want to get checked to see where you're at. That way, if I need to increase it a little bit, see how it goes, or you know, back it down for you if we, we can, or whatever the case may be. I was like, I need to know where you're at. She was pulling 43 and she was smoking me at it, so I cranked it up to 45, 46, and she's still smoking me. It's just now, now she's starting to have some shoulder pain, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, it just takes you know, you gotta keep shooting, but like you said, you had sore shoulder, so that didn't really help. Right, and if anybody out there is listening to this and they got short shoulders, don't do what I did and shoot 40 more arrows. Wrap it up for the day, go get some ice, and try again yeah, tomorrow. I shouldn't push through that one. You will destroy arrows and probably your shoulder. Yeah, you're probably going to make it worse from that point. Yeah, I mean, especially for me, I'm pulling 70. Yeah, I'm pulling 60 on uh, my new bow, so... If I was willing to go through and completely recite my bow this close to the season then I'd probably drop weight but this close yeah, to the probably, season I'm probably just going to keep it I'd probably recommend you should do that after the season yeah I'll probably just add it to the list of reasons why I'm going to recite the bow in next year because I'm going to take the trophy ridge sight off it and throw an HHA single pin on it next year and then there you go there's some other things I want to do to it so I'm going to have to recite in I'm going to need new strings for it next year probably but yeah, um, I don't know if you have a single pin now, but a single pin is an art form in itself. Yeah, I actually, it's a four pin site that came with it. I, I bought a bear legit from the grocery store in town. Oh, nice. So that, that's what I'm rocking with now. My hope is to move up into the future and go to an elite because I just like the way they look. And, you know, you guys use them. Uh, how many numerous, you know, hunting shows use them and stuff. So. Yeah, I, um, I never had a bear, but uh, I know an elite would probably be a little easier on your shoulder. Yeah, the let off would probably be way easier. The pull would probably be smoother. And say my let off seventy five percent now, but they could be way better. Yeah, I just can't afford an eight hundred dollar bow right now. Yeah, nothing against bear bows. I don't want them coming after me, but no, no, you got to respect for a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bows, what made you get Crown Royal Purple? So, um, 
I think three years ago, um, we were because uh, we're sponsored by Elite, so you get you choose, you choose your color and bow. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you know, like they'll steer you in the direction of what they'd like the new ones, you know, coming out for you to shoot. And uh, I was going through the colors, and uh, the first one I saw was orange. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd get that, and uh, went pretty well actually. So then last year I went the the green. And after that, it's like, well, I must have just run through all the colors. <laughs> it's rainbow. Yeah. And the purple actually turned out way better than I thought, like, from the pictures I saw. And then when it got here, I was like, damn, that's, that's a slick looking boat. Oh, it's sweet looking, dude. I, I, I'm i a big Crown Royal fan, too, but, like, that's sweet. <laughs> we were, um, good old Ross Bigger was sighting to help me tune my bow and everything. And he, uh, he's a big fan of Crown Royal. Might be their biggest fan, actually. <laughs> and he had a tub full of those bags because they make, like, blankets and stuff out of them. Yeah. And I was like, man, that purple really matches, like, dang, that's a that's a Crown Royal purple bow. And I'm like, we should put them together and take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the picture. It looked cool. And so yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm their biggest supporter since I started drinking again, like, probably April it wasn't long after I met you guys, I went back to drinking. So since <laughs> April, I've probably yeah, killed... Yeah, that effect on people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably killed seven or eight bottles by myself. And, like, I'm not talking, like, you know, over a couple weeks. Like, for some reason, when I buy a crown, and I don't mix it, I don't chase it, I just pour it in a glass and drink it, I open and I close bottles in one night, for some reason. Yeah, no... That'll do it to you. I mean, I, I got to mix it myself because I'm a pussy, but uh, I know Ross can just throw it on some rock, cold uh, ice and oh, lock yeah. it back. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I'm looking at my, I'm like I said, I'm sitting on a truck bed right now or a tailgate. I just looked in here and there's a crown vanilla bag sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> Another one for the collection. Yeah. Hell, I don't even know where the collection went to, but I'll find it eventually because I'll, I'll find use for them. Mate. Yeah, I've been you go to Ross Bigger's house, and if he showed you his collection, that uh, you think they'd sponsor him. Was Ross at, at Columbus, or in, what, did he go out to the bars afterwards? Uh, I don't believe so. Ross is uh, runs his own electric electrical business, so he is uh, didn't really go to much trade shows. I think he was at Iowa. Okay. Okay. I was. I think it's just me, Eric, and Kurt. Okay, I don't Columbus. remember. I don't remember everybody Clint, that Clint went, was there, yeah. but yeah, Clint was there. But I mean, I remember hanging out with all you guys. Like, I didn't get a chance to talk to the White Tail Adrenaline guys. That's why I don't really know their names. Um, obviously, I know you guys. I hung out and BS with you guys before everybody started to get sloppy. But uh, I, I definitely got to know Aaron and Brennan from Breaking Point pretty well. Yeah, those are good dudes. Oh yeah, I, I've I'm looking forward to hanging out with them again. I mean, someone offered me, I did a podcast last week, and he told me if I could get tagged, uh, get a tag to do it, you know, he, he would get me on some mule deer in South Dakota, so I'm going to try and find a way to repay the deed and do a hunt trade with him, so maybe get him on a big Ohio whitetail. Hey, that ain't a bad deal at all. No. I mean, he said he's more of a muley dude, but, you know, even if, there ain't nothing like big Ohio whitetail, I'm sure Clint has told you guys all about it. 
Yeah, it's uh, weird, you, because like uh, us white guys, you know, we're open to pretty much anything. Yep. But you talk to those elk and mule deer guys, and they don't really care too much about whitetails. Right. I don't know if it's because of the way they, the animals taste, or it's the chase, or the style hunting, but I'm open to everything. I'm, I was actually in an elk draw this year. I've got a bear tag this year. I will, I'm open to mule deer hunting. I'm going to do some waterfowl hunting this year. Uh, I'm open to it all, but I know, some, like you said, some people that are, you know, strictly Western hunters, and they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to mess around with that, that second-rate stuff. Yeah, it's, um, I've, I've killed one mule deer, and I've, I've only been a couple times, but I can see why they like it some. I think, because they just like the spot and stock aspect, I think, a lot. Yeah. You tell them you got to sit in a tree for eight hours a day, they're going to piss off. I mean, you know, my philosophy is because before I even realized what scent control was when I was younger or how to play the wind or anything like that to where I could take hunting seriously like I have in the last five years, I was, I've was i walked right up on top of deer in the woods, like, consistently. But I'm, I'm light on my feet. I, I was a hurdler in track and field for almost 10 years. So, like, I, I got used to and trained my body how to, like, land lightly on my feet and still move quickly. But... I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Like people just assume you can't spot and stalk whitetail, like consistently. You can. You just got to know. You got to know what their pattern is really, really well, and then you have to be able to play the wind extremely well. Yeah, that's uh, something I never really got into, but I don't really do it a whole lot anymore because I'm more lazy in the woods now, and I like to like. All right, the wind's headed that way. I know this deer does this. I'm gonna go sit in a tree stand and play on my phone until he shows up. Yeah, plus if you're, you know, like, you're going public hunts, um, I don't know, that'd be hard to do. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially, you know, public land I've never been to. Yeah, the white Adrenaline guys are really good at, at that, actually. Yeah, I've been Spot, so. watching their show and trying to catch up and get to know what they're all about and stuff, too. Yeah, those guys are animals. Oh, oh yeah, like... Honestly, if, like, I was drinking that weekend down in Columbus, I don't think I'd been able to keep up with them. Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> those, They're impressive. Those guys can hammer down beers at Big Deer. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with them, but, uh, you know, I, I do my best. Yeah. So, I gotta... I'm curious as a... On the podcast aspect... Excuse me, I'm getting beer burps now. Uh, yeah. So inside the podcast, is there like certain roles or something like you guys are all responsible for? Or is it just show up and, hey guys, here's the topic, and then you guys just roll with it, and then you know Kurt just takes care of everything else. So as far as like, uh, like let's say we have an episode coming up this week, um, usually we just roll with it. Okay. And we have some information, but I don't. Know, I think since we're such a good group of guys, like we could. I mean, we could talk to a bucket of shit and get an hour out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably listen to it, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually uh, I handle the, the veteran shout-outs aspect. Um, Eric runs the store, which I bet, I don't know how many hours he does a week doing that mm-hmm. alone. And then uh, Kurt's, the, Kurt's the herd bull. He kind of takes care of everything else. Yeah. I'm gonna say I got a lot of respect for what Kurt does. Just 
you know, since probably I started doing animal. this stuff. I don't like, think he gets enough credit, but. No, probably not. I got, like I said, I just started podcasting in January, and the amount of work that goes into it, like I, I tell people all the time, I work three jobs and I get paid for one because I go to work and get paid. I'm in full-time grad student right now online teaching grad school, so I'm in classrooms and stuff missing work to do it, and I'm doing the hunting podcast and my hunting YouTube and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, like growing up, you'd always think you'd have more time, but actually you have less time. Mm-hmm. There's not enough time in the day to keep up with everything. It's not fair. Like, honestly, like if I'm, you know, if this thing, I'm not saying there's any rush or anything, so don't feel like I'm trying to rush this along. If if we're done, I say it's not a necessity because I will be home tomorrow in time to do it. Also, if we're we're done before like 7:30, I'm gonna roll down the road to the farm hunt, which is convenient because it's two miles down from my parents house and I'm actually getting ready to rent out the old farmhouse on the property I hunt mm-hmm. I'm going to roll down with some binos and check out the far- the fields and stuff and yep. that's, that's kind of how I do my recon whenever I have time to do it but that that that's what I do but you know well in Ohio you can feed right the whole season you can yeah I, I don't typically do that what I the way I go about the the baiting and stuff is early season early fall or not early fall uh early summer leading into the opening day um i will put corn out periodically in front of my cameras to take inventory and see what i've got yeah, coming up that's, and then, that's my favorite way of doing it and then during the season if i'm going to put anything out like that it's going to be a mineral lick or salt block or something like that and then that's it and i won't even hunt on a, like on top of them i'll just set them out there get an inventory off of those late or mid-season and go from there well i know clint has talked a lot about um if they like they know there's food there they'll they won't even come in till dark to eat the bait a lot of times yeah yeah because i mean no matter how how used to it they are because i've ohio's been allowed to bait as long as i can remember and i'm 25 now almost 26 so i've been hunting since before 2006 so it's been allowed the bait here for a long time and like the deer get used to it obviously but at the same time in the back of their brain they they know it's not natural so yeah the big boys you know they're coming after dark and eating as much as they want yeah you can't no. see them so in iowa you can only um you can only put out feed um in the off season and 30 30 days before well i guess like today i think it's the last day to do it but you can't really put out anymore so yeah I just do it for inventory, and then after that, it's, you yeah. know, ridges and everything else. Yeah, playing your, your chess match with the deer. And say our yeah, season, that's the, really the funnest part of the whole thing, really. Our season opens on the 24th this year, uh, coming up. So what I'm planning on doing, so I got a bag of big-time corn blend sitting in the back truck. I don't remember which blend it is. I think it's, I don't think it's cherry-flavored one, but it, it's a corn mixture of some corn some kind from big time and yeah it's probably the platinum yeah probably it's a little bit like black and goldish bag yeah uh makes a really good pillow by the way um <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take it i took one bag out earlier this year and threw it in front of like spaced it out in front of my camera just to, like because i didn't get to see what it did last year and i just started using big time last year so i was like all right i want to see what it does and actually put it in front of a camera i know that's not going to burn the batteries of the sd card up quickly so I threw it out there, put a 32 gig card in, and I pulled it, and I was like looking at it, I was like, 
I'm getting so much deer like for, like even in areas I didn't even spread it there's just deer everywhere I was like all right I'm liking this so then I went to track supply and I bought three different types of food plot and last night as the rain was hitting I had my buddy go down with his big tractor uh, we're gonna put it on his property I'm not hunting it I'm not really in going to hunt it this year I just want to like see what it does and yeah. maybe work my way into uh, what you guys do a big time kind of get a sponsorship type deal but I told him I was like listen yeah. I want you to I want you to hunt it if you want to I said but I need pictures before during while it's growing deer on it you know if you shoot one I need pictures of it and after the season if it's still growing and stuff so it's like me for me it's an educational observational food plot I'm putting in over there for him, it may be somewhere where he can take his one-year-old boy, two-year-old boy down there to hunt, or his wife, while he t watches the, their newborn, she can get up in the blind and smoke a deer 40 yards from it. So that that's what I was doing yesterday. I was tilling it up. It's going to need retail because it was just so muddy. It, yeah. It's just going to need redone. And then go from there with fertilizer and whatnot. But I would I'll do it. I'll tell you what, if you want to do something fun, you can... Uh put out some big time platinum on a cell cam and watch your phone blow up my cell cam actually will probably get belt, uh, big time platinum at some point this year the problem is <laughs> I'm lazy and my cell cam only gets cert this property I hunt there's no service except for the one spot on the farm and I oh, actually gotcha, have yeah. my cell cam right there now, I've gotten like a 120 130 class 8 point on there and for like 3-4 weeks that was the biggest deer I had on f camera but mm -hmm. I, I was like, man, this is a good spot. There's Amish that come through and wreak havoc during gun season and kind of ruin the property after that, so I don't really get on that much after gun season. Didn't yeah, have to last rough. year, but uh, I was like, it's behind a tree line. It's a long walk either way you go, or it's up a major pipeline hill. I'm betting the Amish aren't really going to be looking into this area too much. I was like, so if I put a food plot down here on her property, that's that's the spot right there. And I didn't even know there's deer crossing there. Like I, I walked in the middle of July, June, no June or July. I walked up there and put the camera up, and I'm just looking around, sweating, tired of being up there because my Rambo e-bike battery died on the way up. And I was like sitting there sweating my balls off, and I'm like, man, this is miserable. So I'm like running out of patience when I was looking at a spot to put this thing, and I just popped it in the only area that wasn't overgrown. And like two days later, I had deer coming through it. So I was. I was kind of lucky on that, but better yeah. be lucky than good, right? Right. I don't know. I've been up there since, since it's you know cell cam and battery still over seventy percent, and SD card's not even at five percent full. So I'm like, I haven't been up there since. But during the season, I'll probably put some big time in front of that, and then I got a hang and bang set now. I'm gonna throw up a few times this year. I got a nice climber to use also. So I've actually never used a climber my whole hunting life. It's a love-hate relationship. That's what I hear. Yeah, because it's very nice when you're up in a tree. You're like quiet. You get in a tree you never thought you'd be able to get into. And then then you got to remember, you got to climb back down after you, <laughs> you went through the trouble climbing back up. And they're right around 20 pounds, somewhere in there, maybe less. So it's like during the process, it sucks. And after the process, it sucks. But that like four, six-hour sit or whatever, it's like bliss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've always kind of just used the, the mobile setup and just never straight away from it, the hang-ons i need to get a better mobile setup for the future that isn't a uh 
hang on or not a climber because right now I have a muddy hang on with backpack straps that I only bought it because I was looking through a sportsman uh, magazine from like Louisiana and I seen it was like $40 on sale I was like I can't pass it up so <laughs> I bought it and then I just bought some sticks they're like 20 pounds I don't even know what the brand name of them is but yeah that's my hanging bag I haven't even attempted to set it up once so like it's not even going to be the first set I use because I got to practice with it yet yeah um, I've always uh, we're using Novix now and Man, once you do that, it's hard to go back. Yeah, see, Novix has been on my radar for like last four years. I just never yeah. have the money when I think about it to go buy it because I spend the money somewhere else. Because I watched, I mean, you guys gave me a little, you, you guys joked with me a little bit when I first walked up to the booth that weekend. I was wearing a Whitetail Edge hat. And <laughs> um, Ben Rising, you know, he works with Novix also. So I like I've I've known about them. It's just every time I want to go buy them, I forgot about them. So then now I spent the money somewhere else. Yeah, no, it, it happens. Yeah, I will get one I eventually. Give a little shit here and there. Yeah, I will get one eventually. It's just a matter of you know keeping my brain on track and get doing it the right way. Yeah, I think once you once you do, it'll be like it'll be hard to go back to anything else. Like I, I, I throw that climber away. How 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 heavy are they? You got the small one and the big one, right? Uh, yeah, I got the small one, and um, even the bigger ones are really not that big. I forgot how heavy they are, but uh, I know it's light enough and uh, gets you where you need to be. Yeah, that'd be perfect because a lot of my spots, it, it's hard. It's hard to describe. You know, they'd be perfect for out-of-state hunting. Um, oh, for sure, yeah, because you're going public too. Right. But so you're going to do some walking. For the farm I hunt, it's 560 acres. The only thing they do is bale hay. That is it. Uh, they got one, two, three, four, five fields, six fields, something like that that they bale hay off of, ranging different sizes, and one field has a pond next to it. And the one field where I shot my buck last year, there's a creek running behind it. And on the other side of the creek, there's another field that you can walk, it has access trail into the woods behind the creek. And, stuff so it's behind where i set up i'm like man it'd be great to get up in there and get after these deer because i see these deer coming from here all the time and then yep. i start paying attention to the details i'm like all right which way is the wind blowing 95 percent of the time down here great not the right direction Blow, <laughs> it blows with the trail and the other side of that the wood line or the patch of woods or timber right there someone else's property so there's no access route on that side you know come in let the wind blow into your face so you get set up and you're not worried about it. it it's walk with the wind or go somewhere else and then the off chance it does have good wind the deer are already out in the field or there's other issues that come up that you can't really get set in a good spot and it's like man this sucks so i was like lucky that i sat last year where i did and on the field edge in front of that timber patch and i got lucky that i had a good wind coming from my back coming to the field to the road but you know as well as I do, if that if the deer would have got right in front of me, I'd been in trouble. Yeah. And my buck, you know, he came behind me, uh, up to up the right side, getting ready to cross under or cross the creek, and he's getting ready to walk up the bank, right, literally like right under me. If I would have spit, I would have spit on top of him probably. And I smoked him at ten yards, and 
I smoked him. I shot him in the spine and had to shoot him again, but... I had something left to smoke. Yeah. It's not to me, because I definitely could have done way better. Oh, yeah. I, I've done it before. When I shoot a deer, if I say we got to track it, my buddies bring beer because we've never found one I've had to track because either I think I made a good shot and I gave it a, be- a haircut or something and got a little bit of skin and made it bleed, or I have a bad shot and just can never find a deer. Which only <laughs> happened one one time, and then the other time was a haircut. But basically, if I tell my buddies we got to track, they bring beer. If I tell them I got it, they still bring beer, but they're there faster. <laughs> but <laughs> They take their time when they do a track and drop. Yeah. But this guy, there was no track. Job pulled him up 20 yards to the field edge, drove a truck to the field, and picked him up right there. But, yeah, I shot him 10 yards from me. He had no idea I was there because he was behind me the entire time. Like, yeah, it's always, it's always nice when they, they just don't know anything's going on. Yeah, he's like, I never got him officially scored because I don't think nets are good for anything but fishing. But uh, I agree with that 100%. He is unofficially rough gross score a 149.78 mainframe 8 point with a split brow time making him a 9 so I call yeah, him a, I basically call him a 150 is what I call him yeah and he, he was a cool deer he was a big bully yeah, I haven't gotten the deer back on camera after my deer was dead he showed up 12 point dead but I haven't gotten him since yeah 150 inch 8 pointer hard to pass up oh yeah and like I have uh, trove camera pictures of him from the week before and like the width on this sucker is just nuts he had a broken t- tip of a tine and then a bot fly on the one side that killed the growth and it came out to be like uh, he's somewhere between 20 and 22 and a half inches inside the spread damn he, yeah. he was a pig that's a wide one. Oh yeah I don't have anything near that this year on the farm but I have a nice probably 140s 8 point that I told my girlfriend if she sees him I want her to shoot him and then I've I don't care oh, what they score nice. I don't care what they score I, I just like you know if it trips my trigger and it gets my heart pumping that's what I'm going to shoot if even if it's a full point but it has to be a mature old enough four point I still care about yeah. age I just don't care about what's on their head but there's this uh, I think he's three because I've, I've watched him the last couple of years he's got a like seven or eight inch brow tine with a tiny little split top uh he, he i don't know what it is he's just cool looking to me and i want him <laughs> <laughs> he won't score over 125 130 inches but i want him bad for some reason it is what it is right right but it trips your trigger right I, my buddy called me nuts he's like why are you gonna let your girlfriend shoot 140 inch 100 you know nice looking mainframe symmetrical eight point i was like because I want th- I want this other guy over here, and he, he looks at me. He's like, "That's like twenty times smaller." I was like, "You know, I, I like him. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, yeah. I'm it, It's like your drunk your drunk buddy at the bar looking at the fat girl. He's like, "I don't know what to tell you, dude. I like her." <laughs> yeah, can't convince him otherwise, you know. Right, and then he wakes up and he's like, "Oh, okay. What? You ready for round two? <laughs> Yeah, the Uber driver. I don't know what it is. I was just down there yesterday. My buddy hunts right next to the farm I hunt. He hunts a huge amount of property. He's got a 150, 160 class buck hanging around there. I seen last night. It's a big guy. Yeah, those uh, those 160s are always look nice. 
I don't want to throw shade on my buddy, but I don't know if he'll get him. I don't even know if his dad will get him. And I, I say that respectfully to Mike, and I say it respectfully to Zach, because Zach told me last year he had no idea how to play the wind, and he's shot 160 class deer before. His dad d doesn't get time to hunt that he should, but his dad just, I don't, I don't think he's, you know, he's in the woods enough to shoot a deer like that. But they're both good good deer hunters, but when my buddy told me he didn't know how to play the wind, yeah, I looked at him like, well, how in the hell do you shoot those big deer? He's just like, I'm in the right place at the right time, I guess. Yeah, I, I truly believe there is some people out there that are just, uh, I don't know, big deer just flock to them. Yeah, it makes me jealous. I could go hunt eight days on the stand, and then uh, I know one guy could go in there, and a 180 shows up. Yeah. What was it, like three episodes, four episodes ago, you guys were saying big deer do something to people, whether it's good <laughs> or bad? Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I don't, oh, get, yeah. I don't like get angry my buddy shoot bigger deer than me i i just get you know the initial jealousy and it's like well do i at least get some jerky off him and then you know i help my buddy drag him out or skin him or whatever but like i i kind of mess around with him a little bit but like at first you know like damn i wish i would have shot that deer all right whatever let's go drink some beer and have fun yeah it's uh with our with my group it's yeah i don't really get jealous but uh i'm, I'm always happy when they shoot a big deer yeah, my buddy shot a nice buck. The same guy and his dad actually shot a nice deer last year, and I was really happy for him until my buddy called me and helped him drag it out, and he, it died in the middle of, like, a creek in the bottom of a valley. And it was 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, that's was, always fun, right? I was hungover, too, so it was even worse. Yeah, that'll uh, I'll sober you up real quick. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. A lot of good deer stories. So, oh, yeah, usually, um, me and Eric are on the Iowa side, so usually me and him are doing the dragon for each other. Yeah. Hey, it's always good to have a friend like that, though. Oh, you got to have him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't throw a lot of, hey, I shot a bigger deer than you to many people, but I did do that last year to my brother, only because... When we were in high school, he took my muzzleloader and went and shot a 10-point buck. Biggest deer either one of us had shot to that point. I hadn't even killed a buck at that point. And I was like, dude, what the hell did you take my gun for? And he's like, you weren't, you didn't want to hunt. And I said, no, I just wasn't ready to hunt yet. And so it was like a big deal for a couple of years, and then we forgot. And I shot my buck last year. The one he killed probably didn't score 125, if that. I mean, it was a nice-looking deer, whatever. He got him, made a good shot, like perfect shot actually on him. I get my deer, I call my dad, and I'm hyped up and excited. My dad's like, all right, I'll be down. I call, I hang up, immediately called my brother. I was like, you're not going to believe what just happened. What? I'm going to need to borrow, like, you got like a hog, uh, like a water trough or something. I could throw a bunch of ice in and stuff, because I shot him October 4th, so I needed to get him on ice fast. Yeah, for but, sure. I was like, can I borrow a hog pan or a hog water trough and he's like what for he's like i was like i shot a monster and he's like yeah right and i was like no this thing makes your deer look like a baby and i was kind of like you know right there on that topic i kind of rubbed it a little bit just to just to make my point 
but me and my brother are twin brothers so like we've always done that stuff to each other uh, yeah i uh i have an older brother by two years and uh we grew up hunting together so i know that right my buddy give each other shit he's got some really good looking deer on his his farm this year and i'm hoping he gets one him and his wife got some good bucks last year they weren't real old but andy said he wasn't really hunting for trophy or age last year he was just first year he'd bought that farm he was just putting meat on the table for his family he's got three daughters all under five years old or five or oh, under. yeah busy, busy. yeah so he, he was putting meat on the table but he's got some nice ones this year i'm looking forward to seeing pictures of them as they progress because his wife sends me the trail cam pictures all the time yeah it's like if uh if they do kill a bigger one you're happy for them but at the same time like i'm not running really into this one right and then you're like i'm gonna have to wait till next year because i ain't got nothing to top that <laughs> this year <laughs> yeah but i'll need some luck to bring my bigger one in right do what my brother did last year though i'll go over to his house and steal some jerky or some steaks from him there you go yeah he, i don't know how many deer steaks he stole from me i just know when i came back to grab another because i moved to west virginia immediately after i shot my deer and I came back to grab a pack one day, and I was like, where the hell did they go? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess him and my parents had a cookout, and they grilled them one day. So at least they went to good use. But True. Yeah, so I'm going to steal some deer meat off him this year if he shoots a big one. Um, but So you've been with these guys for a long time. You've been hunting for an even longer time. Yep. What's your best memory hunting? Hmm, my best memory. I'd probably say um, back in 2017 was a good one. Uh, I thought it was public piece, and uh, I found this ridge. Well, my uncle actually hunted around there back in the day, and I found this nice ridge, and Man, it was just uh, November, one of those November mornings, you know, it's hot in the rut, and there's deer running everywhere. Like, it's just one of those perfect days. And uh, that's when I shot a 170-inch deer with my bow. Had a 17-inch, 17.5-inch G2 on him. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was uh, just a weird, I mean, if you would have found the sheds to him, you didn't think it was the same deer. It was a five-point side and a four-point side. It's just a freak. Wow. That's nuts. Is that, I think I might have looked at that one on your Instagram earlier. Is that yeah. the year, is that the year that everybody's like, the episode came out where like they were calling you crazy? Uh, no, that, oh, that's the eight pointer I shot this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I scored 158 inches and, uh, I passed him one time. <laughs> the second time wasn't, wasn't happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sort of back up I, I mean I I was very fortunate enough to grow up in a, a hunting family and you know my uncle and cousin they're all my dad my me and my mom started bow hunting with me but uh back then they're already all deer killers so bow hunting was just you know they're already bow hunting they got me all into it so but always growing up you always say uh, don't shoot eight pointers because they'll fool you so I mean, I've, I've done four. I shot eight pointers thinking they were bigger, and they turned out to be, you know, 120, 130. Yeah. So this guy came in behind me on a Monday when I, I took a whole week off in November. He came behind me right under me, and I was like, deciding if I wanted to shoot him or not. And then uh, he, 
when they're walking away, they always look bigger, right? Right. So I took a video, and then uh, my, my steak was showing everybody the video, because then uh, <laughs> that's when I started getting the shit. I, probably, I still get shit to this day for it, so. <laughs> but I was fortunate enough to go back to that spot on an all-day sit, and he came in around 4 p.m., and didn't make the best shot, but I hit uh, an artery, and uh, it worked out, so. Hell yeah. Actually, he's at the tax center right now. I need to go pick him up. <laughs> Over there, old barn. He's busy. Yeah. Yeah. How, does he do stuff like from guys all over the country? So old barn is actually the biggest um, tannery. So a lot of tax dreamers will send their hides over to get tanned there and then get them back. Okay. Just because I, I don't know if it's a I've never done it. I don't know. It's probably a pain in the ass to do, so. Yeah, I have no idea. And then uh, their mounts are just... Uh, they just do great work. Sam's a great guy. What kind of prices do they run on their mounts? I know what the average is over here in Ohio. Um, I wouldn't know the pricing. I guess I'll find out here soon when I go over there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know it's decently priced. It's it's good enough. It's good. Okay. I was say, I, the guy I had, I mean, I really didn't get a whole lot of a choice. I was already in West Virginia, like I said. I was on a job site. And my dad texts me, hey, your deer's getting mounted. And I was like, well, I know that, but I haven't sent him in yet. And he's like, no, it's in there. I was like, oh, oh, it is, huh? <laughs> oh. He's awesome. like, yeah, you need to figure out how you want him to look. I was like, who's doing him? Because my buddy, he's, he told me his guy, and, like, that guy was, like, telling me, he's like, you know, you $700, it'll be a six-month period. And he's like, I'll take the hide and skull and horns right now but I won't touch it until I get any money type deal, which, you know, that that's probably pretty typical. Don't touch till they get money. But, you know, yeah, that was I'm fine sure with me. That was completely fine with me. But I was like, man, $700 for this. Like, I don't, and six months. And I told my dad, I was like, I don't know. I'm going to keep shopping around, try and find something. Because I view taxidermy like I view my tattoos. Like, I'm a, I get what I pay for. And I don't, yeah. I don't cheap out of my tattoos at all. Uh, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Went down to West Virginia. I was looking at mount pictures, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with them. Then um, my dad texted me that. I was like, oh, where, who'd you give him to? And he's like, well, he's our farrier for the horse we have. Oh, now I'm starting to get nervous. I was like, is he <laughs> good at it? And he's like, well, he used to do it way back in the day. How far back in the day? He's like, well, a couple years ago. He gave it up to focus on farrier work for a while, and then... He, he kind of slowed down the farrier work and wanted to pick back up into taxidermy. I was like, uh, before he actually does anything, can he send me pictures of what he's done in the past? Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to at least have some pictures to go off of. Right. Least. He ended up sending me some pictures. I still, to this day, do not know this guy's name. I have him in my phone as taxidermist. <laughs> <laughs> my dad knows his name, obviously, because he still comes down and trims our horse's hooves. But I looked at the pictures, and I was like, Okay, that doesn't look terrible. It, like even one of the old pictures looked pretty darn good, and I was like, okay. So I was, I got to talking to him with, and I was like, what do you, what do you want? How long is it gonna take you? And this is my idea, kind of at the moment. He's like, okay. He's like, well, two months, five fifty. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, <laughs> two months, five fifty. I'll have it done. I was like, oh no shit. All right. Um. 
yeah, go ahead and start working on everything. I will send you the final pictures of how I want him to sit. He's going to be a pedestal mount, and he's going to be, I don't even know what the name of it was anymore because that was the first year I've ever got mounted, but he kind of looks to uh, his right shoulder a little bit, kind of. It's not really like a full 90 or even like half 90. It's just like he just barely turned his head so you can see the split brow tie, and that's all yeah, I wanted. Yeah, so like, uh, like a wall pedestal turned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I told I've been him I was saving like, that amount for a 180 or bigger. That's what yeah. I've been trying to do. This is the biggest deer I've ever even seen in person. So like I was like not even hesitating. I was like, all right, he's gonna, oh, be, yeah, he's sure. gonna be a pedestal. Well, that in my apartment, if I would have tried to hang him on the wall, he would have ripped the drywall out of the wall because he was that heavy, <laughs> and he probably would have had to been sitting like the bottom of the mount probably would have been at like your nipple higher lower because he would have been touching the ceiling. West Virginia apartments are not very tall. But <laughs> fun fact. Yeah, fun fact. So I got him on a, I told him I was like, I'm gonna put him on a pedestal. And he's like, Do you want me to make the pedestal and stuff? I was like, No, I'm gonna take care of that. I was like, that'll be a little bit more memorabilia to it. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna build it. So my dad starts this new job I don't even know how long before this. And he they got a bunch of crates with like old pine that they don't use and they just throw out. My dad is bringing home tons and tons of it and it's clean and it's treated. I was like, oh, what the hell? I grabbed a piece of pine. I uh, cut it down to the size I measured off the top of the pedestal I bought in a uh, thrift store. And I was like, all right, that looks good. You know, painted it or stained it, clear coated it, yeah. cut the, took a jigsaw, cut the hole for a square T post or square post into the, pedestal mounted it to it and if you go on my instagram it, it's right there one of the first pictures and like honestly i think the pedestal is probably one of the better parts of the whole mount but you know i i saved money doing it myself but yeah i was i was like man this deer's the biggest deer i've ever seen or killed in my life and it, it had a lot of meaning to it so i was yeah. like this deer's called the the deer's name in my eyes is bittersweet because it was awesome killing them and then a couple days later, I had a personal issue that changed my life dramatically. So it was, you know, bittersweet, awesome, and then bitter, or sweet bitter, I guess I ought to call them. But. <laughs> awesome and then not awesome. Yeah. But, you know, that is, it is what it is, and that's past. But that's, I'm never going to be able to think of the day I killed that deer and not think of the other thing also. So that's what it is. But yeah. I'm, I'm very it's a good happy name, with actually. Him. I like that. Yeah, I, I like him. I didn't have a name for him beforehand either, so I don't. My dad kind of told me something that kind of like got me away from naming deer. I did name a buck this year, but I'm not shooting him. I my dad told me he's like, you name deer, they never show back up. And ever since I he told me that, and I've named deer, they haven't showed back up. Yeah, I, I kind of believe a little bit of that. We uh, we used to name some deer, and then I know uh, Ross and them still do, but it's uh. Uh, give them a name, and then it seems like, like you said, once they find out, they don't like it. Yeah, like they're like, yeah, it's not my name. I'm not coming back. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just maybe we're just choosing bad names. Right. Maybe I ought to put on like an Instagram live, and be like, all right, everybody, here's the choices. Choose. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The deer I did name this year. Uh, I'm not even gonna shoot him. Like, if someone wants to shoot him, I'll put him on him real quick. He's like a a year and a half two-year-old buck he's got a two or a split on one side uh if his other side was symmetrically be four point but the one side didn't grow it dropped into a club 
and has a defect to it. I named him One Horn <laughs> Willie. <laughs> he, he hangs out with a lot of does, so he's been he's been pushed around by some some other boys. That's <laughs> I like that now. It's a good one. I thought originally it was a a deer I'd seen in the past, but the deer in the past he just broken a horn completely off at the pedicle, and I got pictures of him for two years like that. I guess he weakened it or something like that because he broke it off two years straight. This year, I haven't gotten him on camera, but I was like, man, that's weird. Yeah. Usually grow that back pretty normal, but... Yeah. Well, they don't get as much nutrition down there as what they probably should. I mean, there's some good acorn areas and Mm -hmm. the the timber, but like I said, it's just all hayfield. Damn. And the one one field's adjacent to our property last... The property last year was cornfield and then after that it was just hayfield for like miles and pasture field around there wasn't a whole lot of crop fields around this year it's bean field so you know i've lost a lot of deer that would probably be in front of my camera to the beans but yeah it's a little tough when you're hunting when you're on all hayfield acreage so right but it also how we mentioned it's a chess match earlier i've mentioned that in the podcast tons of times that it's a chess match but uh it being all pasture and, or not even just pasture, just hayfield, my chest match I feel like is a little more difficult than most people's because I don't have that food source just drawing them in naturally. Yeah. So in like Iowa and Illinois, most farms we all hunt it, uh, we always have a food source around, so. Mm-hmm. Corner beans. Yeah, I say, I kind of, I hunt this property off of what I see in the early season and what I see off my cameras, but I always try and sit near a water source. Um, I don't know why, because it's not like it's a drought or a dry area. There's always plenty of water or ravines that they can get to a puddle or something. But for some reason, I've noticed I'm always sitting near water and I'm always seeing deer. Yeah, I always think uh, deer are lazy like us humans, so like the easiest way to get water, they'll go to it. Right, just like if you mow a path through the middle of timber they're gonna walk on that path yeah yeah i I've, i'm in the same belief they are deer just as lazy as us they just hide it better <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so we talked about the, don't seem to be lazy but yeah that's true they they go out of their way not to be lazy <laughs> and it's irritating that they do it but yeah yeah so we talked about your favorite hunting memory earlier What's your favorite memory with the WCB guys? Oh boy, um... You got 500 some episodes to pull from. Yeah, favorite, like, podcast episode and stuff? Just any moment with, with you and your boys. Uh, well, just recently, it probably had to be South Africa. Okay. Truly once in a lifetime unbelievable hunt it was just uh it's hard to explain south africa but basically you go there and you can see 20 different species in one day for all you know it's just crazy wow i know after listening to that first episode i'm i've been on google and i've been expanding my horizons of the states and places i've been looking to hunt and pricing i will say um any hunter should try at least go to South Africa once. It's 
I never really had it on my radar like most people. I always thought it was out of the price range, but it really isn't. If you do your research and, you know, pick out what you want to, want to actually shoot. And uh, it's, I don't know, can't explain it. It's, it's truly incredible. And you guys are trying to set up a WCB camp over there where other people come with you and hang out. Yeah, right? we're, we're trying to make it so we're like, you know, we already know we already been there you know it's a good outfitter um really run nicely run business um not too expensive right i'm not afraid to say this now even though i know this is coming out late october but you guys said in the first episode the animals were roughly right around a thousand dollars per animal so it's very affordable and consideration to you know your entire trip and what outfitters in the united states will charge you yeah, it's like, um, you know, you do an out-of-state outcome guided, it's like 10 grand. So, I mean, you go to Africa 10 grand, you'd be surprised what uh, you come home with. Let me ask you an honest number. So you shot what, four or five animals? I shot an Impala, a Sable, and a Kudu. Okay, so three animals, including airfare. What what it run you, rough estimate? Uh, including airfare, let's see. I have not got the pricing for the mounts yet, and we are um, looking mounted over there because it's cheaper. Right. And then uh, they're going to send all of our animals, all five of us, so we'll split that cost when they send them over. Right. But as of right now, I'm probably eh, sixty-two hundred bucks, probably around there. Man, that is so doable. That is so doable. It's, yeah, like, I was um before this trip, you know, I was. Back in the day, like, there's like everyone else, like, you know, you need 30 grand to go over there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you're not, you're not lying, shooting lions or leopards or anything crazy, but. I don't think I'd want to go after a lion or a leopard. I want, I want to come home. Yeah, after being over there, I think I'm good. Yeah. I need to, <laughs> I can see how it gets, <laughs> I can, I can, it's a dangerous fight for a reason. Right. So. Are you guys hoping to have, like, the WCB camp set up by, like, next year, year after? I think we're shooting for 2024 to get all the details set up. But um, I think once that starts rolling, it'd be, I mean, people could go easily for pretty cheap. I've looked into it, and I know what my finances are now, and I know what my finances will be once I get a teaching job. So I'm looking at, you know, I'm planning an elk hunt, and that's going to be my big hunt for the year in 2024 i'm gonna do an over-the-counter colorado elk hunt and then i'm gonna drive out and do it so that's why it's gonna be uh you know the big expense for the year ohio to colorado is quite a drive (laughs) what is that like i don't know off the top of my head like yeah 22 23 hours something like that my buddy does it every year well he started doing it last year he's going back out this year and then he's going back out again next year i think for a mule deer hunt or something like that with other buddies I'm like, yeah, that's, I'm broke. That's I can't afford that this year. But so that's my that's my hunt for 2024 that I'm looking forward to. Like, I'm probably gonna not travel to Michigan or PA or Kentucky or something like that just to make sure I can get to Colorado. Yeah. And 2025, I've got it in my brain. I'm either going to Alaska or I'm going to Africa. Yeah, it's um, if you just save up for a couple of years, you'd be surprised what uh, you can go over and. What you want to get? you want to get over there? Yeah, I mean, if I save my money better with the job I have now, yeah, in three months I can afford five animals over there. 
Yeah, I'm already, <laughs> I I'm already planning on saving up for when we go back. I don't save my my money enough, but I know this. Um, I had a Chevy Impala for two years, and like I love that car. So I know <laughs> the first animal I want to shoot is an Impala, just because like <laughs> the namesake. Yeah, you'd be. Um, I think that was everyone's first animal over there, and uh, you'd be surprised how many Impala you see. It's pretty nuts. And say I like I haven't looked into the animals or how to like judge them or anything, but like. I know for a fact I want an Impala, but other than so that, actually, I don't know. When you're uh, when you're hunting there, you get a, a professional hunter. They call them the PHs. Uh, it's basically your guide. Okay. They like being called guides, but um, they have to be with you every time you go hunting, and um, they'll help you decide them. Because Impala are actually pretty hard to judge, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I did a lot of uh, sitting there and like, is that a good one? He's like, yeah, it's a, it's it's an okay one. I'm like, damn it. I was like trying to find the big one. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is the animal that you shot or you passed that you end up having to take a fine for? Um, so I had a kudu bull come out at 50 yards. Um, it, was, it was too far out of bow range. And uh, the PHs have rifles too if you want to go that route. Yeah. And that was like day three, so I decided to pass. But I did end up shooting probably... A bigger one with the rifle at the time. Yeah. Six on the sixth day, so I'm gonna get shit for shooting with a rifle, but I don't know. A kudu is I don't know, those animals are just insanely they're just beautiful. Hey man, you know what? I I like to bow hunt more than anything nowadays, but I don't take anything away from people that gun hunt or you know, there there's certain things you'd have to use a gun for. Like if I go out west and I'm uh pronghorn hunting there's no way I'm, I'm going with my bow because I, I don't know enough about pronghorn I don't feel confident enough in my bow shot at this point to be able to chase pronghorn with a bow so like as soon as I get within range I'm smoking it with a, a rifle of some sort yeah no shame in that those, those pronghorn are hard to hunt right now I like I watched breaking point they have an episode where like Brennan had one come in with within range of him in a blind I mean it, the whole episode, like, it seemed like there was just nothing happening except for there'd be one off in distance and there'd be another one off in distance. But the problem was nothing was coming closer. And then all of a sudden, like, there's one at, like, 50 yards and Brennan smokes it. But it's like, man, I don't want to sit for, like, five, six days in one spot just to try and catch us. And just stare at prong on yeah. off the distance. Like, no, I ain't, I ain't trying to do that. Like, I, I'll spot and stalk them to get within, like, 400 yards and I'm going to send a big piece of lead at them <laughs> that does sound more fun right like i watch a lot of meat eater too so like seeing steve ranella chase all these different animals and stuff it like gets me hyped up and makes me want to try different recipes and cooking some of the animal yeah but, but i will say african animals are probably some of the best meat i ever had so really yeah sable uh water buck was pretty good kudu's really good what do they taste like? Are they similar to beef or venison? Or I would say they're um, more similar to beef, actually, than venison. They have a less gamey taste. Really? That surprises me for some reason. Yeah, I did, too. Um, I don't really know what they're eating out there, but because it's <laughs> not a lot of vegetation out there. Eating dead animals and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know why. I just started thinking about this. I thought of it during the podcast episode while you guys were over in Africa, but I just rethought of it. Whose dog was that? Oh, um, Casey. Was it? Uh, there's two dogs there actually. The owner had a beagle, and then um, one of the PHs had a, tra- a blood tracking dog. I, okay, it must have been the beagle then, because it didn't sound like a hound at all. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, on the po- on the actual podcast. Yeah, uh, that was a uh, Casey. I think it's um, I forget what it was. It's like a kind of like a little Jack. Um, what do you call him? Jack Russell. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like listening to you guys give each other fines, and I'm like, is that a dog that they're like, that you, I could just hear, and I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, uh, that dog will bring you, if you throw a stick for that dog, you're its best friend for the whole night. Oh, I, I know a lot of animals like that. My sister's dog's yeah, yeah. just like that. Actually, my sister lives pretty close to you guys. She lives in Sherman, Illinois. I don't really know where that is, but I'm assuming it's pretty close. It's the western side of Illinois. Okay. Yeah, she works on a standard bread farm, like an 800-acre standard bread horse farm. Yeah, that, if it's western Illinois, it's going to be pretty close. Yeah. I was, I was there over Thanksgiving last year, and, like, the drive sucked. And just to go visit her again, I'm not doing it. She's about to, I hopefully, I'm hoping she does. She's about to take a job in eastern Texas, and I'm like, you take a job in eastern Texas, I'll come visit anytime you want me to, but you're going to be in my cabin I'm going to hunt out of. <laughs> there you go. I was like, I'm hog hunting, I'm deer hunting. I was like, I'm hunting. If you want to go, you know, see if you can get the day off work, but other than that, you know, have dinner ready yeah, by 7. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I like hanging out with my sister sometimes, sometimes. But she she's one of those, uh, she grew up with me and my brother hunting and stuff. She's never killed a deer, but she's taken her fair share of shot at him. She just, she never got into bow hunting. And she was real small when she started hunting deer and like the 20 gauge that she used was massive. Just big heavy 20 gauge with like a huge scope bracket and stuff. So yeah. She, she's never shot a deer, but she shot over the back and under the belly of a couple of them. So, like, I like to give her crap that she's not a good shot, but she probably honestly is a better shot than I am to this day <laughs> and probably will be until one of us is in the ground. Yeah. You'll have that. Yeah, because, like, shooting trap, I can't hit a single thing. Like, maybe once or twice. Maybe. Like, if it's a good day. She'll, she'll smoke, like, 24 out of 25 clay pigeons, and it's like, I don't even know how you're doing that. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, like, my first job was a uh, trap boy at a uh, gun club. So, like, I was always around trap shooting, but I never picked up on how to do it, so I sucked. She <laughs> she shows up, she just cleans house. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm, I'm terrible at trap shooting, but uh, 24 to 25, that's uh Yeah. I don't think I can do that. I, I definitely can't. But whenever she does do stuff like that, I'm like, all right, go get your bow. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like I'm not, I'm not great with my bow by any means, yeah. but it's like the bows now. Let's go, come on! I can shoot out to fifty and at least get to the target. What are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I don't know. I'm gonna use a crossbow. 
good luck. None of our crossbows are sighted to 50. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, our family was, I was very fortunate to grow up in a hunting family also. A very competitive family between me and my brother and stuff, so. Yeah, our, our, my whole family is actually pretty competitive, so. Yeah, my sister likes to claim she's a better shot. My brother likes to claim he's killed bigger deer. And my sister may still have me. My brother doesn't this year, at least. But my dad, he's got shoulder issues, so he can't even pull a crossbow back right now. So he's he's hoping to hunt. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to try and get him a, a newer bow so that way he can pull it back or whatnot to get in the woods again because he wants to. He's just, you know got nothing to go with except for gun yeah but he also that's works actually, a ton that's actually me too uh, me and my brother always will talk crap he's got the bigger deer and then uh, even like I think in 19 like 84 my dad shot a 203 non-typical so he kind of <laughs> always just ends the, ends the discussion yeah my dad shot some nice deer he shot a nice thick chocolate rack He's not real wide, 10 point. Like, this thing is real thick and real chocolatey. That, that's how I describe him. But he's probably a 130s, 140s, 10 point. And he's got a 9 point that's probably right around the same. Taller, thinner, lighter rack. But right, right around the same area. That's the biggest deer he's ever killed. So, I mean, I killed my buck last year. Now I have the biggest deer of the family. But my dad used to be able to shoot a 357 magnum revolver at 100 yards and hit beer bottles i have yet to top that so i mean i've shot a doe at 70 yards with it but yeah 100 yards that's pretty impressive he can't do it anymore he can't see 100 yards anymore but neither can i so i can't even try and compete (laughs) so (laughs) yeah getting old is not fun i'm not even that old and i can't see 100 yards i mean he's hopefully he's not a hire so he don't judge me but he's probably I think mom's 53 this year so i'm gonna say he's like 55 56 this year mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not fun getting old i'm starting to feel it so uh, i'm 25 but i have the old people disease if you if you know what that means so old arthur <laughs> what does that mean? old arthur he's already with me oh boy yeah i had him for 23 years now so, yeah, I mean, I know what it's like getting old a little bit more than my buddies do. Yeah. But I'm also out in the woods more than my buddies are, so. Yeah, that's a good point. We're out there more than they are, so right. I feel a little more. We, we put the work in, we, we grind, and I beat the crap out of myself in college, too. Yeah, I need to probably just get my western hunting in here soon before it's too late. Yeah, that'd probably be a probably be a good idea that's why i'm trying to do my western hunt now i mean i'm what while we're somewhat young i'm what six seven years younger than you yeah i'm 31 so okay yeah yeah about six all right so we, we touched on it earlier but it i just keep looking at it on my notes right here who's gonna win the bet um i think it's gonna be me but it's probably gonna be closer than the past years. Yeah. But Eric is due for a big boy, so he's got one on camera. 
I don't know. Are you nervous? I mean, if he does beat me, I will gladly eat the chip, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would, I'm pretty confident I will beat him. For people that don't listen to their podcast, um, him and Eric have a bet of whoever shoots the biggest deer this year, the loser has to eat the world's hottest chip. Yeah. And to determine, they hunt the same ground too, so that's a wild card in there and to figure out who goes first and hunting it, their first person to shoot a doe gets it. Yeah, I think um, in the past I've usually gotten the doe before him, so. Yeah. When's your guys' season open? Uh, October 1st. I think it's on a Sunday this year. Oh, okay, so I'm hunting before you guys are. Yeah, we've always uh, do October 1st, which, you know, growing up I didn't know, but now that you know, it's usually later than most seasons, most states. Right. Yeah, like last year was September 25th, the year before September 26th, and this year September 24th. But in That's Michigan and PA, it's October 1st. Been, uh, straight up October 1st. No matter what, no matter when it lands. That's what uh, PA and Michigan are. So, like, okay. I, I actually in like 18 days, I could be in PA bear hunting in certain zones, but the zone that's closest to me without having to drive to the East Coast is right around Pittsburgh. And I'm like, eh, yeah. for someone that's going to public land hunt bear for the first time by myself with a bow. I don't feel like getting that close to Pittsburgh is a good idea, so I'm going to wait it out until I can go hunt the entire state. Yeah. So you're public land bear hunting? First year. First wow. year. Yeah, but when I looked at the PA stuff, their license was like $101.92. And I was like, oh, cool. That's cheap as hell. The Michigan was 150 just for the license. So I'm looking, I'm reading the stuff down through there and stuff, and it comes with a spring turkey tag, fall turkey tag, all small game eligibility until that season runs out or your tag, your license expires. Mm-hmm. And then an antler tag. So if I'm going to shoot a buck in PA this year, I eat tag soup because you have to apply for doe tags. I did not apply. So I got, I'm either shooting a buck in PA or I'm eating tag soup. And then to get into an elk draw in PA was 12 bucks. To get a bear tag was $36 that you could just buy right there. So I was like, well, hell, I'm going to throw $150, get me a bear tag, throw my name in an elk draw, and get the whole license for everything. So that's what I ended up doing. No, I mean, I uh, bought a Michigan license, bought the turkey tag, it was like 20 bucks, And then uh, I bought a deer tag up there also, which, thank God, they're unisex, so I can either shoot a doe or a buck, depending on what time of year it is. Uh, you know, at late season, if I ain't got nothing to either state, and you know, I'm trying to get this YouTube channel rolling, I'm, I'm be like, all right, smoking a doe right here. But you know, I shot my turkey up there. I got film of it. I've not yet finished editing that film yet, but yeah, yeah that's always fun. That that's. I don't want to say. Filming, but... I don't want to say I hate that part of it because I like the entire process because. My goal is to one day do this for a living and not, you know, go to a school and teach or go to a factory and work or go out in the field and shoot x-ray on a pipe. But, so I don't want to say I hate it, but like editing film is my least favorite thing to do because it just, it's so tedious and time consuming. Yeah, we have, uh, we really haven't filmed too much, but, uh, this whole Africa, all the film and stuff and, uh, 
hanging out in the studio trying to edit it is uh it's not very fun no i bet it's not like as much fun as it's not i would tell you this though if you guys were to make a youtube channel or a television show if you guys actually out there in the woods hunting and stuff you guys would go bonkers skyrocketing in views and fans and stuff on top of what you already have because i know for a fact i'd be watching i know my buddy lane and his brother dawson be watching yeah we're we're dipping our toes in it but it, it's a whole it's other just, aspect you know, we're already pretty busy so yeah i mean a lot of people don't even understand how expensive it is to try and film your own hunts or have someone film with you camera exactly. equipment editing tools a lot of people think you can just go online and get an editing tool. Well, you can, but the problem is you get a free trial, and then when that free trial is up, you got to pay. Like, I pay, like, $50 a month for my editing tools. And yeah. It, it My cameras are expensive. I got a GoPro. My buddy actually gave me it. It's a GoPro Hero 3, so it's old. Don't zoom in. doesn't take the best video. I got a Tacticam, first-generation Tacticam. I got an actual camera. It's a Walmart camera. And these are all like, you know, budget buys to try and get uh -huh. me into the game. And I'm, I'm out here, I'm like, man, if I had this, this, or this, I'd be so much better. But now this year, I've, I've changed up my setup. I'm hunting. I was going to use tack cam and the bow stabilizer, but my it does not have enough counterweight in it. So when my bow shoots, it tail whips the arrow really, really bad. Oh, yeah, gotcha. So I, I took it out, and I took my trophy-rich stabilizer, put it back in there. And then what I ended up doing, I was like, all right, well, now I need to figure out a way of filming. Uh, because at that point in time, I thought my camera was, I thought it took a dump on me. So I was like, I don't, it, it don't work anymore. I need to figure out something different. I got this GoPro. I got my phone, iPhone 11. What can I come up with here? So last year I, I stuck a arm in the tree above my head that I could put my phone in and film my reaction. And then, you know, I had the camera in front of me the film in front of me and didn't have the GoPro yet. So I was like, all right, well now I got two new cameras to play around with. I got the tech cam and the GoPro. What do I want to do? So I started testing out the GoPro, tested out the tech cam. All right, what's this work? What's How's that work? Does this work? No, this don't work. All right. So now my tech cam is actually for sale because I have no use for it. Um, mm -hmm. Because everything yeah. you can do with a tech cam, you can do with a, uh, a GoPro. Yep. And actually, GoPro is a lot easier to turn on and make sure I'm recording than a Tacticam is because it's more than one button. That's my yeah. that's my opinion. You know, it is the first edition Tacticam, and I'm sure the newer ones are a lot better. You know, Bone Collector uses them pretty often. But true, the GoPro works a lot better. So I, I was like, all right, I got a sleeve, Velcro sleeve that I can tighten onto my stabilizer and film off the stabilizer forward with my GoPro. And you ever seen one of those like? Uh, it's not the fourth arm like camera arms it's like fourth arrow or something like that it's like a magnetic thing that goes right where your stabilizer does i believe so i bought ended up buying one of those it adds some weight to your bow i'm not gonna lie that's quite a bit of weight to your bow it'll pull it one way or the other but that's why those bubbles and those sights are so important <laughs> so i put that on there and that's where i'll film my my reaction from shooting because the GoPro, it sits above the the stabilizer. So when I shoot, I t have a tendency to either drop my arm to where, you know, the Tacticam would have missed the shot anyways. Or I raise my arm up and I miss it anyways. Whereas the GoPro, for it's got such a wide view on it 
that no matter what I end up doing with my shot, which I've been doctoring my shot a lot recently, trying to figure out things, it catches it all. So as long as I got, you know, Luminox on, I can see where that arrow is going no matter what end of the footage. Yeah. And, you know, throw it in the editor tool, I can slow it down and see everything specifically in slow motion. And I was like, all right, well, how am I... I guess I got everything covered tree stand. I was like, now I'm curious about down and on the ground level stuff in case I'm not in front of a trail camera. So at the Columbus show that you guys were at, there was a place called... Uh, I don't even remember their name. Damn, that sucks. I'm gonna have to look it up now. Um, <laughs> I, I I just I, bu I bought their camera. It's a 360 degree camera that you can remote access from your phone. Uh, it it Wi-Fi's to your phone, so you don't need service. It just connects to your phone and Wi-Fi's from there. Oh wow! And you just hit a button, swipe the screen, whatever you want to do to move it, and it can zoom or it can spin and pan 360 degrees, and it can record mm -hmm. video. Now, once I go to, you know, film my reaction as that bow's drawn, it won't record anymore. But, you know, you, I set that 30 yards behind me where I can't necessarily turn if I hear a stick snap behind me. I turn that sucker on, flip that, or connect it to it, turn that camera. I'll see what's right there right away. It's live feed. Wow. Yeah, we could use that in Africa, actually. Really? Because uh, you're hunting the blinds, you can't see behind you, so that would have been... Oh, I'm glad you just said that because I didn't even think about that, and I'm hunting out a blind on opening day. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Cool. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll uh, I got their book down in my apartment. Even though I don't live in my apartment anymore, I'm moving back. But I got their booklet that came with the camera. Uh, I actually think I just threw away their business card uh, as I was cleaning up. But I have the camera with me. I'll look it up. I know I have it saved somewhere on my phone. I'll, I'll send you a link to it or, you know, the name of it so you guys can look into it if that's what, something you guys were interested in doing. Because I know, uh, yeah. I know uh, Kurt's doing a lot. He's going to start box blind hunting this year too, and that'll that'll be the big help too. Yeah, we, um, so usually we've been, like, when we've been trying to film, which we don't do much of, but for, like, whitetails, we uh, usually have the GoPro, like, screwed in above us on a mount. Mm-hmm. So you see the record, and then it kind of shows, like, you shooting the animal or something. I know Austin did that. And uh, Kurt's been trying, but uh, filming's a whole new aspect of hunting, too, so. It, it It is a different animal. you got to practice things that you, make you look silly in your front yard to make right. sure you're doing it right. Like, my my brother actually got a hold of my phone last week. He went, through my, he, he went through my camera roll. I was showing him trail cam pictures, and he just started swiping too far. There's no no bad pictures or anything like that on there, but he, he, he ended up swiping a little further than he should have. Um, and he's seen the pictures of me testing out my mounts, because even though my apartment was a one-bedroom, one-bath, and the shot was seven yards, I was setting targets up in my apartment, shooting my bow consistently. And hopefully my landlords never figure that out and they don't charge yeah, me for it. Yeah, this podcast? But hopefully not. They probably don't even remember my name. But, <laughs> yeah, I was shooting in there, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll test my setup now. Just threw the GoPro on top of the stabilizer. Threw the magnetic phone mount right there. Put the phone on it. Phone's recording me. I'm recording target at the same time. Pop a couple dozen arrows. Put the bow down. Get the computer. Throw the SD cards in there. Because I can obviously watch it right off my phone immediately yeah so i'm throwing an sd card 
All right, what's this GoPro picking up? All right, cool, that looks actually pretty good. All right, and it's like not the well, best lit room, so like I'm seeing things clearly. You know, it's not the greatest light, so I'm like, all right, I got good hope for this. Let's look at the phone. All right, it's a little shaky, but it shows every emotion from my face drawing the bow, letting arrow fly, and then afterwards. Cool. This is exactly what I want. All right, from there, I'm like, all right, so now I'll set the bow up. I may not be recording off my phone. Set up that 360-degree camera off the side of me. Uh, excuse me. Set it to where it's looking at me just to see the quality of footage it's getting uh, because it does not take an SD card. It records and saves it straight to your phone. So oh, I got you. Shoot with that a few times. Look at it. I'm like, all right, well, that's actually really, really good footage. I did not, did not expect that. Don't... I can't tell you off the top of my head whether what kind of like pixel value it is. It might be 1080 or it might be 4K. I don't remember. But okay. so like I'm in my apartment doing this all the time, testing out different features. How I want to do this? How do I want to do that? Does this work? That don't work. All right, this this works or this is too heavy or this is going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which I'm sure you guys do that with things that you do in the woods. Also, it just may not be filming. Yeah. And you always got to be prepared for uh, the unexpected, so. Right. But, yeah, people don't understand how much, you know, just hunting in general, the way I'd say you and me do, and the amount of money we put into it, they don't expect that amount of money to be put into it. So then they're definitely not expecting the amount of money that's going to take to get camera equipment and start filming their own hunts. Oh, yeah, and then, um, like you and me, like, most of our hunting, it's, it's by yourself, so. Mm -hmm. it's all self-filming which is even in a whole other basket very hard very hard even with a crossbow it's extremely hard yeah it's even harder than return on shit when you need it yep uh, I know Tacticam does make this cool feature with their newer Tacticams you get a remote you hit the button it turns all of them on at once but see that's uh I didn't have the new ones so I didn't have that feature, feature. <laughs> yeah um they also make a feature that you can like you know, your Tacticam is like a little mini flashlight looking thing, right? Mm -hmm. There's an app that you can go to and connect your phone to the Wi-Fi to that camera itself. You can see exactly what it's looking at. So you can, you know, as you're setting it in your, your stabilizer or you're setting it on the tree, you can see exactly where you're looking at and set it to where it needs to be by looking at that app. I'm not by any means saying just because I'm selling mine that people need to stay away from them. Go buy them, dude. Go buy, buy them up, you know. If people want them, go get them. They're they're good things. They take quality footage. It's just for my needs, it's not going to work out anymore. Yeah, no, they're um, you know they're a thing for a reason. They they really do work. Right. I don't know how well their trail cameras work. I'm more of a Moultrie person, but I've heard uh, the tank camera reveals are pretty uh, the bees and knees. I've been seeing a lot of pictures and footage of tank camera reveals online recently. Yeah, I use uh, the Spy Point cellular cams and those are pretty good too but yeah they got a bad rep for a while to go by. they got definitely a bad rep for a while like for that was one of the yeah, reasons why yeah. when I bought my cell cam I went with Moultrie instead it was because I was like I remembered the negative stuff I'd heard about spy point and that drove me away from them yeah they've, uh, they've improved a lot over the couple of years and um, the new flexes I think it'll change people's minds here soon I, I mean, I'm open to looking at them now after hearing you and Kurt and all those guys on your your guys' podcast preach about how much they've improved. They've listened to their customers and stuff like that because 
Spy Point's actually one of the more affordable cell cams. Yeah. Like, honestly, 120 bucks for a, a cell cam is pretty cheap. For a few years, but, um, I mean, to be honest, since we use them, I've never had a problem, so. Yeah. And I will tell you this, I'm, I was an uneducated douche about it, because I didn't look into any problems myself or specific problems. I just heard bad rep, and I went somewhere else. But Yeah, it's just like anything, you know, like when you go buy a product, you read reviews, and then, um, right. go from there. That's why, you know, that's why I got the gold tip arrows now because people keep telling me they're they're better arrows they're you know gold tip and victory archery is what you get what people should be shooting or whatnot or mm-hmm. i don't even know the brand that clint advertises for i for, forget um i think he goes through black ovis but yeah, they use yep. victory arrows to yep. set up i looked I up i mean victory arrows are just the best of the business so they're very good i almost bought them the i've actually told people i was like if i keep breaking all my gold tips the way they are just like they're freaking carbon express i said i'm gonna try victory arrows because you know if they're all breaking it don't mean nothing it's all money anyways yeah like why am i spending 40 dollars more for a gold tip that's gonna break the same as you know a carbon yeah, express other, or victory is other than the steel target um at the bow shoot uh the only victory arrow i broke was in my sable this year really yeah i broke a Believe it or not, I broke a gold tip shooting. I hit the target, and my buddy shot. You know, he shot the kill zone. He's got a 3D target in his backyard. He shot the kill zone. I shot right underneath it at a different angle, skinned the top of my carbon off the arrow because I was that close to his arrow. So yeah. I didn't think anything about it. Looking back, you're like, oh, maybe shouldn't have shot that arrow again because there was like a inch by half inch wide section it was just the top layer of carbon was gone so i what i ended up doing was took a little bit of string wax and wiped it over it try and make it a little bit you know not a, not gonna peel back or give me splinters or anything yeah i shot it i didn't hit the kill zone i hit just below it so it's still software and it was supposed to at least come out not broken from hitting broke that yeah. sucker right in half on impact really i was like are you kidding me like i'm spending ten dollars an arrow and these things are breaking like this like, I could have just got my Carbon Express cut down and shot them just the same way and broke them just as easily, and I've been out less money. Yeah. But victory is on well, next on my list, that's for sure. Yeah, I have uh, nothing but good things to say about victory arrows. I mean, ever since I started using them, um, I, I probably will never use another arrow again. The only reason I didn't buy them when I went to Cabela's in Columbus about three weeks ago was because they didn't have the right spine for me. Oh, uh, yeah, Cabela's had like two or three boxes of Victory arrows, like the brand or the style of arrow. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how, you know, Gold Tip shoots. I bought the Valkyries, and then there's Hunter XTs, Hunter Pros, and so on and so forth. That yeah. that's what it was. Is Victory had this one, this one, and this one of their styles, but none were the right spine for me. So I was like, well, I guess that solves that question. Yeah. I mean, it's not there, it's not there, right? Right. Uh, at that point in time, I was still undecided what brand I wanted to go with. And they yeah. had been telling me ten, uh, gold tips, so I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And they do fly so much better than Carbon Express. I will say that. They fly so much better, so much quieter than Carbon Express. But now I'm looking at it like, is the extra $40 worth the quiet, nice flight? Or 
Should I be looking at something different because I can't keep afford to paying sixty, seventy dollars for six arrows? Yeah. And, and then it's like you said, like they're breaking still. It's like, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there may be people listening to this and be like, well, maybe you just suck at shooting. Well, you're right, I do. <laughs> but at the same time, when I hit the target the way it's supposed to be hit and the arrow breaks, that kind of ticks me off a little bit. Yeah, that's not so sad. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm excited I hit the air, the target where I'm supposed to hit it finally. I walk up and the arrow, arrow's just junk. It's like, great. Now I'm ready to just go head by the wall. Yeah. No, that's, that's not what you want. No, I mean, I, I'm not going to look at anybody and be like, oh, I'm, I'm a great shot, I never miss. Dude, I almost missed three times before I got on this podcast, and I was sitting down 25 yards away, and if I was standing up, I would have smoked the target. <laughs> like, it, it's little things like that that irritate me because I'm like, all right, I can hit this target, and then I, I rush my shot, or I don't hold and count for a few seconds to make sure I'm holding on, or right as I'm about to let go of the trigger, I forget about not forgetting a or I forget to forget about my trigger finger. So then it, I know it's coming. And I jerk or I raise or I lift or I push. And it's like, son of a bitch. I need to quit. I need to take a breath, walk away, punch a brick wall. Do something to clear my mind. Then pick the bow back up. Breathe and go through my process. Alright. Alright. Draw them back. Anchor point. Fingers in my front hand are set. Next step. Level. All right, level set. Now let's get the pin where it needs to be. All right, breathe. Pull the trigger. Yeah, it's um, it's not a form of shooting your bow, which is crazy to say, but yeah, be surprised if you mess up one thing. What it, like the chain of effects that can happen after that? Yeah, it, oh, it's crazy. Like standing up at twenty-five yards, I'll smoke dead center yep. eleven ringer on my target. I sit down, I push left, and I'm not really entirely certain why. <laughs> I just. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try different things. I'm going to try this. Does this help it? Nope. Oh, that made it worse. All right, well, I'm going to try this. Does this <laughs> help? Worse, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, fuck, where'd that arrow go? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I am shooting left, and I think it it's such a weird angle because I'm like, I'm not twerking my body. I'm like literally pulling a bow back straight in front of my chest, like in between my pecs, and then I'm setting my face down on the string like I should. And at that point, now my left arm's getting tired because it's almost fully extended. So now I'm like, all right, I got to come up with some sort of system. Whether it's efficient to what target shooting or, you know, 3D shooting would be or whatnot, it don't matter. It's got to be comfortable to where I can hit the, the ringer every time. Yeah, usually if I'm sitting down shooting, I always have my body turned at least... I'm shooting um, usually just to the right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. Like, I was just shooting straight on today. I was like, all right. Because someone yeah, told me maybe. Yeah, sounds a awkward. It, it, it's very awkward. Like, I can't set my face and my anchor point the same way at all. It, like, I can get yeah, it every couple times, like, but nah, it's like. We're not doing this. <laughs> this don't feel, this don't feel right. You know what I mean? But I, someone told me it's. The reason when I was turned a little bit and I was shooting is probably because my head wasn't sitting on the string right or I was tw leaning my head one way or the other and that's why I was pushing left. But I was pushing arrows left today too. So I was like, well, that can't be the case because <laughs> the, the string's literally right in front of my face. So I, I don't know what it is. I got to play around with it. But I got, you know, what is it? Uh, 20, 
I don't know, 25 days left to get ready for it, so. Yeah, you gotta figure it out. Just got dollar in. Yeah, and now I'm, you know, I'm living back in Ohio now, so I'm near the property I'm gonna hunt. I can keep tabs on the deer. And I can practice every day at 20 plus yards up to 40, 50 yards. So I'll be better off now than I was when I was living in West Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> 7 to, to 50 is a lot. It's a oh, big difference. Yes, it is. Like, And I only got four pins, so it's like, and I need to, this is, you know, me being me, redneck dumbass. I need to get on my bow and mark it so I never forget. So even when I'm drawing, I can look at it and remember, do my pins start at 15 or 20? <laughs> because yeah. if it starts at 15 and the next pin's 25, that makes a difference in how I'm going to hold it, whether it's 20 to 30. And that will, you know, let me shoot further more confidently than what it would if I didn't know. Yeah. I, I was good about a single pin. I mean, you always know what's, uh, where you're at. Yeah, I'm definitely going to single pin. It's just too close to the season for me to do it now. You no, guys, yeah, no. You guys use HHA or? Uh, yeah, we're using HHA right now, yeah. Okay. You say that as if you guys are getting ready to hit up another company. Well, as of right now, we're using HHA, yeah. Okay, I uh, say no. You don't need to give me any spoilers. I don't want to get you in trouble, <laughs> even though this will be out in October. I don't. I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> it might be out by then, but okay. We'll okay. see. Well, I don't know many single pin companies anyway, so not like I can give it away. But uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave that up to uh, whenever it comes out. Yeah, just. Just like most of the Africa hunt. I, I didn't want to touch on the Africa hunt because you guys are getting ready to drop that episode. So people, if you, you're listening to this and you don't know about the Africa hunt, then you're being lazy. Go go click on their podcast site and listen to their episodes, damn it. Yeah, this will be, um, this comes out in October. Uh, all our videos and stuff will be out for Africa. And um, there's a lot of, if you never, if it wasn't on your radar, like most people, I'm assuming, but uh after watching that, I'm, I think it might change your mind. Yeah, I'm definitely down for Africa, and you know, sixty-two hundred dollars rough estimate, and yeah. it's twenty twenty-two, about to be twenty twenty-three. That's so doable for me to save up, you know, a grand here, two grand a year, get there, and it's like, all right, let's do this thing. I will say though, when you go to Africa, it's um, you get the list of animals, and then uh, you'd be surprised what comes out, and you're just like, man. A little bit overwhelming. Probably have to add one more, yeah, one more to the list. Yeah, so go with extra money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a blast. Though. I think everyone should really experience South Africa, once in a life. It is once in a lifetime trip, but um, I mean, I, I, a lot of people, everyone I talked to said South Africa. Um, you know, you go, you think you're gonna go once, and you're always gonna go back. And I was like, no, we're just gonna do no, one done. Now it's like you, you gotta it. go back. It's yeah. It's just a whole different experience. Yep. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I think I just made up my mind what I'm doing in 2025, whether I'm going to Alaska or Africa. I, I think I just made up my mind. So. Yeah. Either I, either way is that's a good one, but. Uh, right. Alaska is one animal, caribou, or Africa three animals. I mean, you could do three, five. There's some more in there that are. Um, lot less price like a diker um i don't even know what that is it's uh 
if you look up if you google search uh common diker it's it's one of those it's part of the tiny 10 it's a little deer with spike horns and uh i i, I passed one up and i i really am regretting doing that i wish i would have shot him but <laughs> here we are well you know what i may not be sitting there with you or drinking with you right now per se in person but I'll give you a fine for passing it up. How about that? No. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take a drink for that. I'll take that fine. Yeah. <laughs> I am looking forward to that too. Cause that seemed like that entire intro to that episode just seemed freaking awesome. Like you guys oh, are just man, dudes being prepared. dudes and not worried about the podcast being on, not worried about, you know, covering topics. You just, all right, who's getting a shot? Who's not getting a shot type deal. Yeah. Right. It's uh, yeah, we learned what fines are there and, um, it's probably a bad thing we learned about what fines are there and how you do it because it's probably gonna be a deer camp ritual now and you know people are gonna start paying the price of doing super shit. <laughs> well, you know, 2025. If I'm over there in Africa with you guys, you guys are gonna be giving me a lot of fines because I'm a pretty stupid, impulsive <laughs> person. <laughs> hey, you know, a fine's not a bad thing. No, doing the stupid things is a bad thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring a bunch of arrows because I guarantee I'm gonna lose a bunch. But that's 100% fine with me. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you get dialed in and you go there, and it's um, because it's weird um for African animals, you know, a white tail behind the shoulder, you know, mule deer, elk. Yeah. Um, for African animals, their shoulder sits higher, so you go below the shoulder and then above the leg and their heart's right there and you just you know broadside you just try center punching it really it's kind of like a black bear then yeah it's um it's weird because you know as a white tail you know growing up doing that your brains you know stay away from the shoulder yeah but this one you you want to put it right in there right huh and what what kind of broadheads do you guys use so we were using um expandables from the start of the trip and then uh we learned real quick uh you should be in fixed fixed blade broadheads there just like big game over here in the states yeah it's like an elk like you don't use fixed blades you know so okay bring fixed blades to africa that's what i'm gonna say about that you guys don't have a sponsor for broadheads do you uh we use um slick trick broadheads slick trick that's right okay yeah i remember i remember that now so I've never actually seen a slick trick broadhead for sale in a store before. Really? Yeah, I, I've never seen one before, and I'm curious as what they, what they look like, the kind of damage they do. Because I, I mean, I'm pretty sold on the broadhead I use, but that's because of Ben Rising and what it did to my deer last year. Yeah, it's uh, you, you get a good broadhead and then um, shoot an animal with it. It's pretty easy to stick to it. Yeah, Bone Collector uses the same one as I do. Also, I use G5s. Yeah, I know G5s are good. Yeah, that, that two-inch cutting diameter, it's pretty hard to pass up. Yeah, I mean, two inches, if you make a mistake, two inches helps a lot. Saves your ass a lot. A lot. Like it yeah. did for me last year. It, well, an inch and a half saved me last year. I used the meat eaters last year, but it saved me. It, it, it took that dude's spine right out. Yeah. Like obliterated the bone around it and then cut through everything. It's, um... The two inches is really nice to have. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, we use um, expandables for white tails, and those are about two inch diameter cutting. And like my deer last year, um, 
I don't think without two inches I wouldn't hit that artery. So. Really. Well, I'm gonna have to do some research on them because you know, what what do they run for? Like a pack of three? Is that they come in a pack four, three? Uh, I think they come in a pack of three, and I think it's around. It's not that bad, really, at all. I say two five is about forty five for a pack of three. I would. I, I want to say it's less than that. Yeah, that's something to look into then, because I'm all about cutting corners and saving money. Yeah, they have. Um, it's called the Assailant out and it's um an expandable and fixed uh fixed blade all it's a hybrid really that's yeah i gotta check that out that's i don't even know how that would work yeah it's um we've had a lot of luck with those for white tails and stuff but uh for africa you want a fixed blade right i know the g5 makes those uh carbon steel montex yeah no it's a lot of people use them for elk hunting yeah, I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of people use those a lot, so. Yeah. Either way, I don't think you're, as long as the fixed blade, because you want to put it right in that, sh where the shoulder would be in a whitetail, it's. Are the uh, expandables a three blade or two blade? Uh, the expandable, so the, the hybrid one is a, it's a two blade and then two fixed blades. Okay. And then the expandable's probably three? Uh, yeah. They okay. have a. And then we also use uh, the Raptor tricks, and those are two blades, and they're, uh, I think, two are over. Okay. Because I know Breaking Point, you know, Aaron and Brennan, they use Schwackers. I would be, you know, more than willing to try those, but what scares me is it's only two blades. And yeah, two me. blades, um, you know, of course, three blades is probably better, but once you get the three blades, it's harder to get that two-inch mark. Right. Yeah, it just it scares me because like I said I'm not a great shot by any means I'm a decent shot but two blades compared to you know three blades that if I screw up it'll cover my ass it, mm -hmm. it's kind of not a not even a decision at that point I mean as you can pick up like, yeah, all that yeah. stuff I use like I, I'm not even gonna lie about it like I copycat every hunting show and stuff I use my like hunting clothes sense cover scent everything i do i pick up from other people and then try and implement it into my way of hunting yeah i mean it's always nice to know that someone uses it and has success with it right because like i use a lot of ben rising's tactics like i use phase system or the illusion systems that deer society let like sponsors him and he promotes or whatever like i got a black rack this year i got a uh, extinguisher grunt call and then I used the I used the phase foam last year. I believe in it because it worked. I literally had my buck at ten yards underneath me, and then like three, four weeks later, I had another buck right underneath me that came followed my tracks right up to where I walked to the tree. He followed my tracks, and he had no idea I was there. And he was like fifteen yards from me, like that. I believe in that stuff because I've seen it work. Uh, Black widow deer lure. I that stuff just. It's crazy how good that stuff is, and I don't know if I should even be saying that on podcast because apparently on Facebook I'm a field staff member for pure whitetail <laughs> sense. I don't even know how I ended up being one, but I don't I don't own any of their stuff. I've never seen any of their stuff on TV before. I've never seen it used in person, but apparently I'm a field staff member, and I don't even know. 
but I've used. <laughs> well, that's when you're doing something right. Right, I've used, used the field staff of some you don't even know. Yeah, yeah, it, that's crazy. I mean, they'll probably kick me out here in a little bit, or even if one of them <laughs> use this, but or listen yeah. to this, but they'll probably kick me out. But that's all right because I use Black Widow Deer Lure, and that stuff is <laughs> nuts. It, you guys ever use it? I've never actually even heard of it. So what sold me on it? And I'm a I'm a I'm a preacher pitch it to you, you right sales now. Menu, sales yeah. menu up right here. So if you want to try it out, the first thing you have to try, don't even fucking look at their, their deer piss. Buck doe, don't look at the deer piss. Don't even start there. Silver, because you're in the north, silver tube branch butter. Okay? You buy that, it's like 13 bucks. Go to your scrapes that you know are community scrapes. Put a little bit of that on that licking branch and just let your camera do the rest. Your phone will ping so much that you'll turn the notifications off. I, I, like, I'm not just saying, I promise that. Like, I would... Dude, Doug, I would... I would bet my truck, my boat... I would bet never hunting again. They will blow your phone up. That's how much I believe in that stuff. I'll have to check that out. I've always been... Um... Ever since growing up, uh, I've always been, uh, I use my own scent in a scrape, if you know what I mean. Right. They, I mean, they do make inner scrape stuff that I'm going to test out this year, but like licking branch stuff, like it, it's the inner orbital gland, I think, is what the silver tube is. They make two different colored tubes. They make two different colors for everything in their labels. And they break, excuse me, they break it up. Normal label, gold, brownish label is for north. Your red, fire, orange, blaze, orange, your south hunting. So, like, you know which one to buy, and you're not confused on their website or anything like that. And, like, oh. dude, I, I I bought it on a whim. My buddy told me about them three, four years ago. I was mm -hmm. just graduated college, so it's about, it's about three years ago. Just graduated college. I found a scrape that they deer had already made. I didn't know what was using it or anything like that. I just could see the scrape threw a camera behind it put some branch butter on it walked away and left it alone for like four and a half weeks something like that came back the branches are ripped to shreds the ground's twice as ripped up diameter's three times as wide as what it was and my card had over 4,000 pictures in two weeks wow it, yeah. it just went nuts and like I've been a believer ever since then I've never done their actual scrape methods you know buying the deer piss and putting in the scrape where they're they make these things like little uh like punctured things you put it in the ground capsule things you pop the cap open take the cap off put it in the ground and it's a it's a release scent over time to let deer know when it when the scrape deer was there even though it's you and they got scrape beads that are full of piss and they're just like they they come up with so much crazy shit I haven't had a lot of time to try all that stuff, but I have attempted to scrape before, and I did it wrong. Um, mm -hmm. I walked up to an immature buck scrape, and I sprayed Dominator, which is their mature buck's piss into it, and that buck disappeared. Shocker. <laughs> uh, I learned, though. I learned not, not to do that crap, but... Uh, yeah, like, I believe in black... Sometimes it's better to learn the hard lesson. <laughs> it is. I mean, the deer wasn't even a shooter yet. He was just a big deer for that that portion of the farm. It's just I scared him off, and he ain't come back since, at least to my knowledge. Um, but, like, you know, I, I believe in G5 broadheads. I believe in Blackwood or Deer Lures. 
uh, phase illusion systems. I don't know what the grunt tube or the black rack will do for me this year because I've never really called for deer before. Um, there's all these other things I'm like doing, but out of everything I do, dude, that black widow deer lure, you got to try. I, uh, yeah, I'll, I promise I'll you. That. It's crazy how good that stuff is, and it's very cheap. Like, I think for an entire scrape package, it comes with branch butter, uh, your scrape beads, which are like little beads that dissipate over time and let let deer know you're there. The pods, the two different sets of pods. One's a tarsal gland. And then the other one's like the gland in their hoof. Okay. So it's like two time, you know, hey, the deer was here and the deer, this deer pissed here, or this deer's hot or whatever. Their uh, buck pit, I don't remember exactly which pisses are in it, but there's hot and ready and some, and two other ones. And then they got a licking branch rope that they sell. And it's like $95 for all of that together. Individually yeah, stuff's like $13 or twenty dollars here and there but that stuff's crazy good i'll have to check them out uh i was like i was trying something new for scrapes yeah it, it's something i'm trying scrapes this year is like my favorite time of year for trail cameras like that food plot i'm putting in with my buddy's house i i had him mow an extra swipe underneath a tree but make sure he left a branch that's eye level there because i'm going to put a mock scrape under it because i want to see what it does oh yeah but yeah dude if there's one thing of all the things I copy from hunting shows and whatnot, it's and I, I will promote till the last breath leaves my body is black widow deer lures I don't even remember where they're out of but they're they're crazy good stuff and it's cheap as hell hmm. I definitely will check them out but uh well we've been on the phone for uh, two hours here so we might as well start wrapping this thing up because it's getting dark out here and I need to uh, get in and do some homework for the night. <laughs> Go find some big deer. Well, it's too dark over here now for that. But oh. I, I could get down there, but at the same time, graduate school stuff's going to be due tomorrow, so i got to make a choice. Uh, goddamn work. <sighs> Tell me about it. So let, let, let's wrap up on this right here. I, I, I've been wrapping up with this with a lot of my guests, and I, I think it's a good idea, and it rolls well. What are your season goals or plans? Um, well, I think the obvious season goal is to beat Eric, so he's the goddamn chip. Right. And uh, I would like to break um, the 180 mark this year. That, that's a big goal. It's a big goal, um... Uh, that was my goal last year, but I mean, you have a 116 inch eight pointer come in. It's you know, shit changes real fast. 116 inch deer is I mean, doesn't hurt to pass, but there ain't nothing to cough at or anything like that. No, this uh, oh, this is my year. I ain't no chip. I know that. <laughs> Coming from the guy that says ketchup is spicy. <laughs> yeah, that's a bullshit that's a fucking bullshit saying that goddamn Eric makes Eric makes up the most dumbest things I've ever heard in my see if you wouldn't have said that I would not have known that was true because even Kurt says it on the show yeah, <laughs> fucking, Eric and his stupid fucking sayings and his goddamn bets so ketchup is not spicy to be clear ketchup is not spicy no we actually um Apparently they sell uh, 
I think it's called a Pacquiao chip. It's like the world's spiciest chip. And yeah. then they sell a, they have a, a bag of chips, which is not as spicy. I think it's like 40 times less spicy than the chip. And uh, we had it this trade show. We bought a bite, bag of them and tried them. And uh, that was spicy, though. That was very spicy. I bet it was. Ghost pepper spicy to me. I like yeah, hot it's food. Yeah, like it's like a ghost pepper chip, I think. I, I very much enjoy hot food, too. Yeah, that thing uh, kicked my ass, so... You ain't losing this bet because you ain't eating that chip. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not eating that chip. Well, I hate to pull against Eric, but, you know, I'm pulling for you because... <laughs> I appreciate I, that. I don't want to wish pain on people, you know. That, that 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 would really suck. I don't think I could even eat that. Like, I can eat yeah, I've seen, almost anything. Yeah, I've seen Eric eat some really hot shit, and he turned out just fine, so... They got a Quaker think, steak and lube over by you guys? Um... I don't know. Or is that like a Eastern United States thing? Might be an Eastern thing. Well, if that's the case, next time you guys are in town, now after this bet's over, I don't know if I'll be able to get you or Eric to do it. Excuse me. <laughs> to depend on who wins and who loses. But uh, I tried this challenge when I was a sophomore in high school, um, and I got one and a half at Quaker Steak and Lube. So it's as far as I've noticed in the three different Cabela's I've ever been to, they follow Cabela's around pretty consistently. Okay. Um, but they got really good wings. Um, their flavors and stuff are really good. Beer's always good. Women aren't bad to look at there. Um, but one of the things that they do is they have this triple atomic sauce. It's a challenge. It used to be just normal, like, you know, buy it and eat it type thing. But they turned it into a challenge because it wasn't getting the attention it needed. It's super hot. And, like, to me, it's a disgusting flavor. Only yeah. because, like, I'm a, I'm very big into barbecue. I like smoking food, too. So, uh, like, I, I take the, my palate very seriously when I'm smoking food and flavors of barbecue sauces and stuff like that. <laughs> so, this is a disgusting flavor if you're looking for, like, a lot of good things to come out of it. But for a hot flavor challenge, it's perfect. So, it is so hot that you can win some prizes at Quaker Steak and Lube if you eat I think uh, order of them I think it's 6 or 12 or 10 or something like that I think maybe 6 but uh, you only got, can you only eat one? I ate one and a half and one I and literally half. thought my mel my face was melting and it was even worse because the flavor of the sauce was just like it just like it was like acid like there's no good flavor qualities to it if you know what I mean like it was just hot yeah it's just, Where it's like just you know buffalo sauce, it's, it's got some kick to it, but the buffalo actually tastes really good. But yeah. it's hot. Where this is, it is super, super, super hot with no good flavor to it. Wow! And it made it hard to eat it, obviously. But like I got through one and a half, and then I turned over and looked at my buddy. Now, granted, he was like we were sophomores in high school. He's two hundred and eighty pounds center for our football team. I look over and he's just sitting there skinning them off the bone like nothing. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if he's tasting them or whatnot. And then there's another guy that ate, like, I think he got three or four of them down. And he took every pitcher of water off our table, drank it all, dumped it half on himself, ran out of the restaurant. I, I believe he died in Dash that day because of this. <laughs> he ran out of the restaurant and was like running around smacking his face outside the restaurant we could see him 
he was just trying to get the flavor out of his mouth and it just wasn't working. But uh, wow. it's super hot. So whoever you know loses this bet between you and Eric, we'll have to we'll have to get him to taste at least one wing or at least dip a little bit of a wing in in a yeah, thing think, of the I sauce to taste try it. That. I've seen Eric eat some pretty hot stuff, and I'm impressed on how he turns out, but uh, I don't think I'll be doing that challenge. It, it's hot. I won't ever try that so- sauce again. Like, I've tried, tried the blazing from B-dubs, and it ain't nothing. Yeah, I've, I've never done that. I don't. Um, anything over medium is pretty hot for me, so I'm, I'm probably in trouble if I have to eat this chip. <laughs> well, you know, get out there and get, them on, get on them early. Just go buy one and eat it without knowing what. Yep. <laughs> now nah, I don't need to practice because I'm not eating it. So right. Hey, just when the moment comes, if that deer stand in front of you, so you don't lose. Yeah. Don't think about that chip. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I think hopefully that's the last thing on mine, so I don't have to worry about it. If it is, you're shooting over its back. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I think uh, every morning we go hunt. I'm just gonna text Eric about the chip. Just make Put sure it's on mine. There you yeah. go. There you go. A little bit of mind tactics like Seth Rollins. Yeah, I guess they're playing mind games. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that That's awesome. So, well, I, I, dude, I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm so appreciative of you coming on here. Like, I told you earlier, it, maybe before we even start recording, like, I look at WCB as, like, one of the most, if not the most successful hunting podcasts in this country. And to have... You as one of their, you know, members on my show is freaking nuts. Hey, no problem, man. I'm happy to help. I, I appreciate we, uh, it so much. It's funny that everyone says that, and um, I don't, know, I don't look at it that way. I just look at you know, we're just not a bunch of hunters who drink beer and talk shit and tell good hunting stories. That, that's what's crazy is like, outside of like the accomplishments on the interwebs. I feel like I'm like just the same as you guys, and if I lived right there with you guys, I'd be like best friends with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, you know, we're pretty <laughs> pretty working class, simple people. Like, drink beer, tell hunting stories, go deer hunting, and uh, love what we do. Yeah, when I came up it's with my, get along with people. When I came up for the name with my hunting show and podcast. I struggled because like I wanted to do something along the same lines of you guys. And I was like, I can't come up with nothing. It's just I'm drawing a blank. Like, I'm a redneck, everyday class type of person. What can I come up with? And working class kept came up, coming up in my brain. I was like, taken, taken, taken. <laughs> and it's not like it was even taken by, like, someone that's terrible at it, and I was jealous of them having a name. It's like, no, they're they're freaking phenomenal showing out right now. Like, I can't even touch that. So I can't <laughs> use their name. Yeah, I mean, that, all that credit goes to Kurt. He... I came with a pod, hunting podcast back then, came with the name, and um, even the logo he drew up himself, and I mean, that logo is stuck around forever, so. Right. I like I like your guys' logo. I, yeah, I, it's, it's I came up and with, um, perfect. I came up with my logo also, but I think it's not as cool. I say my, my name came from grind, the nose on the grindstone from Tyler Childers. And then I yeah, kind of threw whitetail hunting into it, so I put a deer skull with its nose up against a grindstone wheel. Yeah, no, I, I, I see more of it. I like it. Yeah, I, I'm playing with other designs. Like the podcast logo looks different. It's 
It's something I took an idea from your guys' podcast logo, um, how you guys have a microphone coming off the brow time. Mm-hmm. I kind of did something similar. I had one of my buddies, you know, sprout horns from a microphone, and that I think that's what it is. I don't remember. I haven't even been online to look at it in the last, like, three weeks, so. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how I came up with that. But, dude, I, like I said, I... I appreciate you coming on here so much. Hopefully, you know, I can get you back on here in the future. Clint comes on whenever, you know, that dude's not out there chasing some sort of animal. And, yeah, you're probably to catch him after season. Right. And then maybe Kurt and Eric and Adam and all those other guys, you know, I get them on here. Maybe, hell, I'd be even willing to drive out to you guys and record one on my computer and stuff. At, you know, come out, hang out, drink beer or whatnot. I think it'd be a good time. Yeah, it'd be a good time. You never know. Um, I'm sure um, you probably get those guys on. I think you're thinking of Austin instead of Adam. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, Austin and uh, Ross over there, the, they're the really busy guys, but they're the, they kill the monsters. Yeah, I know Ross kills monsters. You guys talk about him every couple of years, kills a 200 inch yeah, deer. Yeah, I mean, a guy with three, uh, three 200 inch deer under 35 is pretty impressive. Jeez. I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah. But, I've, I've never even seen one on the hoof, so I don't even know what they look like. Sam, I've never even seen a deer over 150 <laughs> on the hoof. But, I imagine uh, I just shit my pants or something. Sam, I see all these Drury videos <laughs> on Instagram. I'm like, dude, I'd shit my pants. Yeah, when you watch a video, it's like, wow. But I couldn't imagine like actually being there. Seeing, like, yeah, I couldn't even imagine pop. what it's like to meet Mark and Terry Drury. Oh, yeah. Mark is, um, Mark is a real deal. He's... Super nice guy. I mean, honestly, a killer. Been doing it for years. He's, they call him the mad scientist for a reason. That guy knows deer like the back of his hand. Hold on a minute, Doug. Wait a minute. What? What? Oh, okay. My dad just walked outside. And he, you're on speakerphone underneath the microphone, so he could hear what you were saying. And he, as he's walking away, he, he was telling me I had my arrows still in the target with the Luminox lit up. But uh, he goes, my deer were over 200 pounds on the hoof, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ohio deer I, for you, man. Yeah, no, I, I get you there. That, that's a big deer. Oh, yeah, like my deer last year, uh, I had him strung up. I think I hooked him underneath his horns, maybe maybe underneath neck. I don't remember what, how I exactly had him strung up, but feet barely touching the ground up. He was like 12 or 13 feet tall. And when I got the guts out of him, he was still probably right around 250. He was a yeah. monster no, that's deer. A monster. Like, you know, I would say corn fed, but like, I don't know what corn he would have fed on. <laughs> He was just a pig, like monster buck. And the thing is, like, I'll send you some pictures after this podcast of the A point that I told my girlfriend she could shoot. He's not got a huge rack, like I said, like 130, 140. His, his gut, his his body build makes him look like he is an old, mature deer that's got 300 pounds on his body. Wow, yeah. And that's just every deer between, you know, I hunt 560 acres, butting up against the property I hunt. My buddy hunts 
I don't know, 800 acres, not counting his own thousand acres that him and his dad have. So like every one of the properties that I know of and I get pictures from my buddy or my brother or me or whatnot, they're all deer that are, that'll get over 220 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a big body deer. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that's just Eastern Ohio for you. Like I'm an hour and 15 minutes from Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, be some good eating. Oh dude, I'm still eating a deer I shot last year. <laughs> that's always good right mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's crazy you know i'm sure i'll since i got your number now i'll annoy you a little bit and shoot you messages every now and again i'm sure i've annoyed i've annoyed aaron and brennan a little bit but you know you guys are you guys are cool and you guys you know you're not like i'm above you type deal you, you guys are all about like no like we were there at one point we'll, we'll help you get as big as you can type deal yeah no i mean I'll answer any questions anyone ever has. I don't ever just read a message and ignore it. I mean, sometimes I do, but then I remember about it later, but that's not for yeah, any that, intentional that uses. Happen. Sometimes I drink too much and I leave you on read. Yeah, it, it's not intentional. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. But uh, Life happens, so. Right. Like, one, I think one of the biggest goals of me starting my podcast and YouTube channel is like, I want to be an educational thing. I want to pass on what I love to people next generation or even people in my generation because I think our way of life is dying and I want to stop it. But at the same yeah, time, I, I also want to, you know, I want to take that next step and be the inspiration for the people below me and the generation below me or, you know, someone down the road that may be my age and my generation looks at me and says, well, he started up, he can do it. Because I look at you guys, I look at Breaking Point guys. You know, Brennan, they've been operating for 10 years on TV or on YouTube. He's not that much older than me. You know, Aaron's a year no. older than me. You guys aren't that much older than me. So, in my eyes, you guys are my inspiration. Like, this is possible if I just stick with it type deal. To where I'll be yeah. able to hunt for a living one day. I just got to keep working. Well, I'll that out. Let me know because I'm still not there. <laughs> well, if I figure it out, if you want a job, you, you <laughs> yeah. got one. Because from from the podcast I've heard, you, you're technically inclined. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's a dream, but uh, people don't understand how much money it takes to <laughs> to leave your job. It 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 takes a lot, and from what I've heard, most hunting shows they make like. 30 to 35k a year yeah it's um i don't know everyone thinks I've, I've read some things that we're not working class anymore but um that's news to me news right. to me because right. <laughs> like see i'm fine with that 30 to 35k a year to live off of because i do that now i'm like I'll, I'll go hunt for a living for 35k a year yeah i got um i've got a very good job so um it's it'd be hard to leave. Yep. Yeah. I, but it's I hard to juggle that. between everything. But uh, that is the dream. Hopefully, one day it works out, and um, you know we're all hunting. Right. That that's a dream. I, I think that's this is a good spot to you know bring things to a close. You know our yeah. dreams are hunt one day for a living. Yep. Um, well, I appreciate coming on here, Doug. You know, hopefully in the future, you know. We'll get you back on here, maybe some other guys, and but yeah, I definitely, no I will be seeing you at the shoot soon down in Columbus for sure. Um, we'll be we'll be drinking beer together here soon, so yeah, I appreciate uh, it, man. 
you know that I'm always ready for that. Oh yeah, hey. I'll bring the bush late. Like, I don't even drink bush late all that much, but I'll bring bush late. There we go. I'll go to West Virginia to buy it just just to come up to you guys because I can get a thirty of Coors down there for twenty two dollars. So imagine what I get bush for. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be seeing you guys for for sure here soon. Um, you know, if we don't talk before season starts or whatnot, I know once season starts, it's going to be hard to get anybody in this industry on a podcast. So that's why I'm recording yeah, a bunch up ahead of time. So. You know, if I don't hear from you guys before the season starts or whatnot, good luck. Hopefully, you don't lose the bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, good luck to you too. Yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. That, uh, I think my goals this year, above killing, you know, a couple deer for the freezer, are I want to get my girlfriend and a couple other buddies deer for the first time. So I think that's more of a goal for me this year. Yeah, no, that's always um, it's almost rewarding itself, like a whole new goal. Right, like I'm fine with sitting behind the Feel camera and filming. Yeah. It is, like, especially when she's shooting better than me, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't talk about that so much, but... Uh... Well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on here. You know, tell the rest of the guys I said, hey, um, I know that a lot of them won't remember me or know me because they weren't in Columbus, but uh, the ones that do, what's going on, uh, I'll bring the beer here soon. <laughs> All right, I'll let them know. All right, buddy. I appreciate you coming on. You can't even tell how much this means to me hey no problem man all righty get some sleep man yeah you too yep later buddy later wow i know i said it uh, a couple weeks ago that was my favorite podcast with chris from Surfside, but man doug's just one of those dudes dude like i i could sit and drink beer with him i could go to a bar with him i could watch a football game with him Dude is just a dude. I, I'm amped up. Like it's too late to go look at deer now. It's too late to shoot my bow a few more times. But uh, I need to get a shower and and uh, get some homework done. But uh, man, I that episode just gets me, man. It, two hours, twenty minutes of just BS and you know, dudes being dudes about the hunting outdoors, man. That's what this is all about. Wow, that, that's awesome. Like I, I love it. I'm not even going to have anything close with. I'm just a fanboy right now, starstruck type deal. So how about I just close this thing out? This is episode 25, Grindstone Adventures. I'm your host, Zach Fuhr. And we had Doug Schmidt from the Working Class Bowhunter on here tonight. Man, it feels good to say. You know what? You know what I always say? Go out and live your life. Have fun. Do what you want to do. Don't stop. No zero days. Go do something big or small every single day towards your goal. You'll live a happy life, I promise you. This is Grindstone Adventures, and I'm out.